obviously an unexpected appearance from Rowan during your match, but how are you feeling after retaining your WWE championship over AJ Styles? I feel great. I was proved right yet again. Not only am I the superior wrestler to AJ Styles, but I was proven right about these fans being fickle. The entire WWE universe being fickle. That was some of the best wrestling that these people have ever seen. Yet, do you know what they're doing? They're sitting on their hands. They're not even cheering for their hero, AJ Styles. Because they are 100% what I have always said they were. Fickle. They're fickle. They cheer him one minute, they don't care the next. That's what they did to me. That's the exact same thing that they did to me. And do you know what? I could tell. I could feel the heart and the soul leaking out of AJ Styles. Because we were out in the ring. I felt the silence. Invigorated by the silence. Knowing that the silence proves me right. And knowing that the silence hurts AJ Styles' very soul. Because I'm not out there to impress the people. I'm not out there to make them cheer. I'm not out there to make them boo. I am out there to change the world. Using my platform to make this world a better place for my daughter. For everybody's children. AJ Styles, he's just out there to get some of this. So how does it feel, AJ Styles, to fail yet again? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 141 of the Hoots Podcast. Do us a good, do us good brothers a good favor. Make sure to hit the like button. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, by the way, the show is brought to you by Anchor.fm. If you want to start uh, your own podcast and monetize it and distribute your podcasts to different platforms, check out Anchor.fm uh, slash start. It, it's, it's a really cool website. Like I started a couple um Weeks ago, thanks to a record from my friend G Rod, and it, it, it's a cool site. Like, if you want to do podcasts like this, or you want to talk about music, sports, whatever, any type of podcast you want to do, you can sign up for free. They don't charge you anything. Um, it, it, it's a really cool place to get your name out there, especially if you're a young broadcaster. Welcome to the program, everybody. My name is Josh Lopez, but you can call me Joshy if you want. I'm at Twitter and Instagram at Notorious. Nope. Scratch that. I know it's Throwback Thursday, but my actual remix, uh, uh, remix, yes, sir, the remix at the Who's Podcast Twitter and Instagram at the Who's Podcast. I have alongside the one and only Adam Daly. What's going on, my man? Josh, what's going on, brother? Uh, enjoying? No, not enjoying this week. Screw this. It's cold. It's cold. It's bitter cold. I don't care any of you. It's it's people are like, oh, it's not that bad. Fuck you. It's all it's types of <laughs> this, this sucks. <laughs> Especially where you're at. You, uh, you know, my boy's up in Minnesota. Like, I couldn't imagine where, uh, how, what you guys are feeling. So it can be worse. That's why I'm not complaining, you know, uh, that bad. Yeah, it's bowling shoe ugly out here in the uh, the city of wind. Yeah, it's the city of wind. What did it hit, like negative, like 40-something? Wasn't it? Are you sure it's not negative 80 by now? Like, I'm no, didn't, didn't you guys hit something crazy like negative 60 or something with the wind chill? 
Yeah. So basically, we're at uh, negative thirty degrees yesterday with a wind chill at negative fifty five. From the last time I checked the news. Yeah, Fahrenheit. I don't know what the dew point is, and and that and that's why I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's I don't. Yeah, cold out there. <laughs> you pay attention to the dew point. You're a little too into the weather. Um, but yeah. uh, dude, this is this is crazy cold though. And here's here's the funny thing about it. I'm not trying to like you know get on on a bully pulpit, but um, it's funny how quickly our climate is going to change right back though. And it's supposed to be like 55 degrees in Pittsburgh by Sunday, or like dude. 60. I, I I can't believe I would say this. It's insane. Pittsburgh is the East Coast Chicago because it's supposed to be 50 on Sunday here as well. This is the coldest it's been in decades, you know, in my wife's life. I mean, you know, she didn't live up here her whole life. She's, you know, obviously she's from North Carolina, but this is the coldest it's ever been in, like, you know, a lot of my family members' lives. Um, not mine because I'm just an old shit, but uh, yeah, man, this has been bitter, man. Especially when you get older and your bones start to ache and they don't, you already can't walk good anyway, you know? Right. I know I know there's a song out there that gets people on their nerves, but honestly I really don't care. Baby, it's fucking cold outside. God damn, it's cold outside. Yeah, listen, I know some people get sensitive about that song, but yeah. if you if you shake your ass a little John, you can't complain about baby it's cold outside. Just let's keep it real here, people. Yeah. Or uh, the old Gwen Safadi song, My Humps. No, that's uh, Black Eyed Peas, actually. That's not her soul. Fergie. They're, they're both the same. Whatever. <laughs> you get yeah. my point. Yeah, yeah, you got me. Basically. <laughs> that shit uh, is anyway. bananas. B A N A N A S. <laughs> I'll exit uh, stage left now. Yeah, folks, make sure to subscribe to the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, and Spotify. Uh, we're having some fun. Uh, we're having a good time talking about professional wrestling. We sprinkle in some other live topics or whatever's flowing through our head throughout the week. And um, there's been a lot of wrestling that we've intaked personally, and you have the listener intaked over the last four to five days. I was talking a little, about this a little bit uh, before we started recording the show today. I think I transcribed around 40 to 45 wrestling matches between six shows in the last four to five days, and I have a lot of wrestling thoughts that have been stuck in my head while watching these shows and doing the articles for them, and we'll get to that, but one thing I want to make sure before we get to the, the ingredient of Royal Rumble weekend, I want to let you guys know that we're not going to be breaking on every single match from both pay-per-views this weekend and Raw and SmackDown. Uh, like, Never. We want, we, want to take this show, we want to take this show in a little bit of just getting our general thoughts on the shows as a whole uh, throughout the weekend. And just we have some other things. Uh, coming out of the Royal Rumble weekend that we want to touch on in the beginning. And uh, we have our regular uh, seasonally segment where we talk about the top five things of professional wrestling coming from the end of winter to here we are in the beginning of 2019. We're going to be doing that towards the end of the show. And who knows, maybe we'll talk about the Super Bowl at the end. But, brother, you were going to say something? Um, oh, I, well, I was trying to make sure that, that my dog here, uh, she wasn't, she was getting a little rowdy on me. Um, Okay. Piper, I guess, but no, but you know, I was going to say something because I wanted to, before we actually get into the wrestling talk, cause I am, I'm glad. Yeah. We're, I, I, I don't have the, the, um, testicular fortitude in me to break down a show match by match anymore. I just, it's not who the hell are we to try and do that. Um, let's get over ourselves, please. But I did want to bring this up because, um, before we segue into the actual wrestling talk, 
every once in a while we got something fun that's on, on the outside realm where it's, it's fun to bring into this show just to get opinions about. So I'd like to get your opinion on this, Josh. And I want to get the opinion of, you know, everyone out there, like comment underneath stuff, you know, whatever, whatever, however you guys communicate now, however all you young bucks communicate. But, um, <laughs> so you, Josh, uh, we, we kind of briefly talked about this, uh, or maybe, I, maybe I didn't tell you about this before. Maybe I did say this before, but, um, there's a story coming out of Pittsburgh right now that, um, KDKA, one of our local affiliates here, it's, uh, it's the CBS local affiliate in, in, uh, Pittsburgh. It's, it's a fantastic channel. I actually, I, I love KDKA and like what they do for the community around here, but they, uh, they fired a, uh, they fired a, uh, uh an employee this week who, uh, put up a lower third for, uh, when they were talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, they were going through and talking about the Super Bowl, setting up Rams, Patriots, the, the whole deal. And so they cut to like, you know, the different scenes from the first night. I don't know what is it, like press night or what, you know, all the things that they, they have. And there was a picture of Brady with a microphone and, you know, it, it said Tom Brady. And you know how it will always have like the player's name then underneath it will be like, you know, New England Patriots quarterback or whatever. It said known cheater. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes viral. Uh, the dude gets fired. Now, I don't even th- I, I don't even think the Patriots give a shit. I actually think like they were laughing about it. Like, and, and I don't know. So, Josh, I want to ask you because this is this is kind of like where we're at now. That this is, and I don't know. I obviously had a KDK didn't know that he was going to do that. I don't think. But um, are we taking life too serious, or are people? do people kind of need to scale back a little bit or is it somewhere in between? Because like admittedly, come on, this is pretty crazy now that we're getting to a point where Pittsburgh, who should really have no care in this other than the fact that Tom Brady's about to have as many Super Bowls as you. Um, oh wait, could I say that? Sorry. Um, but you know what I mean? No, but it's, it's fun banter, but at the same time it's fun banter. So it's like, you know, I don't mind it, but I don't know, man, like what's your opinion on it? What's your, what, what's your thoughts? And like, you know, especially this dude losing his job, like almost that, like that day, um, thankfully he's been, I guess I saw an interview with him. He's been offered plenty of other jobs. He's getting enough exposure out of this that that was the best mistake he's ever made in his life, you know? Um, and he's going out graciously too. Like he's thanking KDKA, like up and down and talking about how he worked with great people there. So he's doing all the right things. Um, but Josh, what, is that something that, that are we, too, is, it, is it something we're too oversensitive about? Do you think this, the network jump the gun a little bit too early before they even realized that nobody gave a shit. Do people care? Is it, you know, what's give me your overall thoughts on it. Well, let's, let's sit on the Brady uh, topic first, because the Lord third said, don't cheater eat the, whoever put whoever producer put that in the Lord third, never said specifically a no football cheater. Did they mention the actress or his former wife that he cheated on? Eek. I didn't even think about that. Wow, that went a, that went in a totally different direction. But yeah, like sometimes these program directors and floor managers really don't pay attention and do the homework they do when they see something like this, where they just go off rats. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, this could affect our partnerships and our uh, other local uh, ABC affiliates in uh, different markets. You know, I don't know if they have an ABC in Boston. I could be wrong, but. Um, well, the, the Boston affiliates thought it was hysterical, you know, which is yeah. – but maybe CBS does carry AFC games, AFC, you know, Steelers or AFC, Patriots or AFC. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, stroking to you-know-what when it comes to these networks and yeah. who who they're friends with and yada, yada, who you can't offend. But, again, I want to bring the point, like, they don't mention anything about Brady being the cheater before she he got with Giselle. 
but uh, but we're Yikes. just going to talk about uh, him being the football cheater. I'm um, staying mum on that scenario. <laughs> um, real quick before you continue your point, he was yeah. going to put, instead of uh, known cheater, he said that he toyed with the idea of putting Giselle's husband. He was going to say <laughs> Tom Brady, Giselle's husband, is what I was going to say. So the, all those things, go ahead, continue your point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, lower thirds are all subjective where you want to put it to it. I, I guess, um, the, whoever saw this particular, um, this segment got in their feelings. They, uh, they got upset about it. I'm all for trolling humor. I, I'm all for it. Like, even if it's not overly offensive or you're crossing the line, like, it, it's free game. If you want to say, oh, here's Michael Jordan, lower third, uh, bad gambler. I mean, you could put that on there because really? there's text to it, you know? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how much his dad would appreciate the bad gambler part of it, though. Um, Or is that a sore spot we shouldn't touch? Yeah, probably not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have brought up the Brady cheating thing either, but... Uh, probably hey, not. Guys, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, folks. We keep it 100 here on the Who's Talkers. <laughs> um, anyways... You know, it's all subject to whatever programs, directors out there. I know from the radio side that we don't usually deal with low thirds unless we're recording a video segment to put on the website when it comes to, like, you have a host from certain show be like, spend five minutes talking about um, the Bulls trying to find somebody to trade before the trade deadline next week, you know, something like that. So you have your name. Uh, let's say Mark Silverman from ESPN 1000. So Mark Silverman on top on the lower half, you put uh, that person's Twitter handle. You see that a lot of times. Um, or even uh, let's say like if the NFL had the Super Bowl on NBC, right? Uh, you would see the player introductions for each team. They'll say they'll show the player and now they'll show their PFF rankings for their position so pro right. football focus so that's stuff to look out for when it comes to lower thirds so i uh, to your question i think it's okay to troll a little bit and maybe some it's of these football four yeah, yeah it is yeah. It, it's football related it was <laughs> he wasn't wrong in what he said in the lower third i'm but, staying out of that one yeah. um. <laughs> i mean I, the thing that bothers me from someone who's in the business is that we get so uptight over semantics, yet we're not actually paying attention to what's being put into it. Because you can say anything on air or put something in the production, but if you're not doing your homework and knowing the purpose behind why that was on air or not even approving before the show comes on air, that's on you. That's not on the producer. That's not on anybody else on the show. That's your fault. Listen, I'm a Tom Brady fan, and everyone is a Oakland Raiders fan. It's, you know, but there are certain players in the league I appreciate, and I appreciate Tom Brady, and I don't care. I know that's going to be a that'll be more that that'll be the most controversial point on this entire podcast. It won't be anything anything we talk about other than I think Tom Brady's a good football player, and that's what people will fucking freak out about. Um, but right. <laughs> listen, man. It's I, I just I I, re, I I listen. I love Tom Brady as, as a player, but at the same time, it's funny to make fun of him. Like when he looked like King Koopa on the sidelines with that big ass coat the one season and, and that goofy little hat. Yeah, it was just funny to make fun of him. You know, like when we put ourselves out there for ridicule, I'm the first one to throw it right back on myself. You know what I mean? So I think I think these players and these people have tougher skin than what we give them credit for. I just I, th- I think it was just a network that jumped the gun too quick. I, I really do. Like, I think it was just like a, a trigger finger kind of like right. move, a panic move because they didn't, you know, maybe he didn't. I don't, I don't think they really saw how if they would have let it go, 
Josh, do you think that it actually would have been good publicity, not only for just for the, you know, for even for KDK, they would be like, oh, look how fun this is that like even Pittsburgh's getting involved, you know? I mean, it's Super Bowl weekend. This is like what we're supposed to be, regardless of who your affiliation is, you know, you're supposed to somewhat right. have a stake in the, in the, you know, to have some skin in the game, I guess, but. I don't know, man. I, I just I thought it was pretty clever. I thought it was funny, and and I love Tom Brady, so I don't see why this dude's losing his job. Yeah, like I, it, it's okay for the local sports report here in Chicago to trash Maroon Five when it comes to the Super Bowl weekend events, but he doesn't get fired. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like that guy, that sports reporter is on CBS, and the Super Bowl will be on CBS Sunday. You, you like oh. That, that program director wasn't offended. Oh, you're messing up uh, our promotion and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it, the media business is just as um, shady as the wrestling business. But to Tom Brady, as we move on here, uh, get back to wrestling, him saying, doing that whole prep rally the other day where he's like, we're still here. We're still here. We're the underdogs. It's like Randy Orton saying that I'm an underdog. Yeah, that was a little – you know what it reminded me of? It, remi- it reminded me of like all the Democrats after the last uh, election. We're going – we're like the day after everyone's like marching. Or it was two days after. So the women's march, I, I, I supported that. Don't get me wrong. It was right. There was another march after the women's march that was like – everyone's like, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. Like – no shit. It's I mean, we didn't have like a nuclear fucking like explosion. Like it was an election. Yeah, you like, didn't get the down. job done. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know get like. But that's what it reminded me of. It was just it sounded really whiny. Like we're still here. Um, no shit, man. You're you're. When, listen, and, and I don't care when you make the Patriots the underdog, they're winning. I'm just that's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> ever paint them out to be the underdog. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's bad. All right, so. I talked about this on Twitter the other day um, that I was going to offer an apology to all of you listeners who've been listening to our shows over the last four to five years. Oh, do tell. See, I'm, I'm not on yeah. Twitter enough to know this. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mute my mic and sit back and enjoy this one. I think uh, brother, brother Adam here will um, attest here that like I wear my heart on my sleeve and uh, maybe sometimes with fault that I do – live and die by my honesty and how I feel about certain things. But like, I rather you guys deal with the authentic Joshi than the, the perception of who Josh Lopez is. Like, I don't have a gimmick. Like I, I come on here, I'd say what's on my mind and, you know, maybe I'm not the flavor of the month of the wrestling bubble, or maybe I don't say things that's going to uh, create conversation wherever like Sam Roberts, uh, trashing Bianca Belair on a pre-show. <laughs> this to get uh, Twitter talking about him during the entire takeover show. Like I, I don't do that stuff. You know, I, I I want my words and the content of this show speak for itself. So I come on here over the last four or five years and talking about my perception of wrestling fans just being jaded, negative, just for the sake of being negative and not really appreciate pre- appreciating the shows for what they are. But coming out of this World Rumble weekend and, and just analyzing the uh, out the backlash that comes out of these big four weekends over the last couple of years, I realize it's not that wrestling fans want to be jaded and just want to critique for critiquing purposes or they think they can do booking better than the companies. I realize that a lot of wrestling fans still act like they're still in high school and they can't move on from certain things that they're brought up in. You know what, Josh? I actually – this is what I've said 
for years now and why I've slowly, you know, like I really haven't been using, I haven't used Facebook in like three years. Um, realistically, uh, I haven't in Twitter. Like I just stopped using like last year and shit. Like I said, I use Instagram, but that's about it. And I'm, that's kind of scarce, you know, that's just to support some, some people out there like Roy Johnson who just got signed to a modeling deal over in the UK. So good, good on you, Roy. Big shout out to big wavy. Um, kids making moves, man. Yes, but, sir. um, Listen, the problem with social media is that it's is is the same problem that you have in corporate America where you like when you work it in in retail or you work in a warehouse or you work in, you know, they give it it feels like high school when you work in in those establishments as well, you know, because it is and they keep it that way. There's been studies uh, and, you know, knock knock it all you want. But uh, John Oliver did a a really good piece about this a couple years ago. And uh, most companies like your Googles or your Apples, your Amazons or your whomever, they want you to feel more enamored by work than you are at home. They want you to feel more comfortable at work than at home. They actually want to become your family because if they can, they, they want you to put them first all the time. And they were talking about how that causes, you know, how that has led to an increase in the divorce rate as well, because, you know, it's because they, they, you know, it's always, it used to be you go to work, you went home, whatever. Some people went out and drank afterwards, but now it's like, look, companies have fun drinking events all the time together, or, Ooh, we're going to go on a company trip. They're like this place. Like you're still in fucking high school taking a field trip. You know what I mean? There, then that's, that is where as a society we're, we're going sideways. Like you shouldn't get rewarded for going to fucking work. You know what I mean? Like my, like I'm an independent worker. I I'm, I'm on the other, I'm on the private side of things my boss don't take me to no goddamn kennywood just because i helped sell a couple houses you know what i mean like that's not how that's not how and if you live in the pittsburgh area you know what kennywood is or if you watch a lot of things about amusement parks you know what kennywood is but i josh i think that's the it's 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 a double-edged sword here that in the workplace nine times out of ten it is it, it is a very high school gossipy everybody has their own little clicks kind of kind of deal it carries over on a social media because you find the same thing, Josh. It, it, it's I, I under I saw this a couple years ago, and that's when I first walked away from podcasting. Everybody wanted to shit talk me, but it's it here's here it is what it is, and I've told you guys all the different scenarios. But I just started to grow the fuck up, and I realized that holy shit, this this is all a waste of time. Like not podcasting, obviously, Josh. But I'm saying, well, for all the show, the, the number of shows I was doing, yeah, it was an absolute waste of time. Um, but <laughs> but just being on Twitter and giving a shit about what somebody thinks on Twitter or, you know, right. um, I, I went on yesterday just cause it was bell. Let's talk day. And I just put it out there. Like, just be good to each other, man. Like be, be there for each other. That's what social networking is like, is supposed to be for. Like if my buddy Colin, like, or, or, or I like need to get something off our chest and, and we inbox each other, we send out a, a bat signal to each other. It's a little Gary Carter thing. Uh, it's, it's a long story, but you right. know, it's good to have friends like that. You know, Josh, we would have met if it wasn't through social media, you know, different things like that. However, there is there's that pack mentality now. No matter where you're at, whether it's in in your workplace or because now that I've been out of retail now for for well over you know I, I've I've been working independently for three years, but I still had a retail job on the side. Um, and now that I'm just fully you know I've been out of retail for about a year and a half now, and and I'm seeing it's it's just it's toxic, man. It's necessary. Yeah. It's listen. It's a necessary but, evil, but. Yeah, I would I would much prefer to be in the private side. So, you know, in a weird way, I think that's also we'll talk about this later on, too. But I think that's why people are some way why people are pulling for AEW to a degree, too. But 
back. Yeah, here. I just feel like it's odd for me to go on like Twitter and see guys that are like forty or forty five year old dudes like arguing like sixteen year old girls arguing of like oh who who's who's hotter and who brings more to the table Edward or Jacob for the Twilight movies like that's like I notice when I look at wrestling Twitter and again I want to make another apology because I'm not going to put wrestling fans in the wrestling Twitter box because that's not right Adam and myself are wrestling fans big time wrestling fans since we were kids and that's not going to change we have different ways we look at the product but again I'm not going to put this whole thing in a box so when I look at wrestling Twitter it's just lacking context and lacking nuance and you see that a lot in high school and you have a lot of kids at that time that are naive and they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You can say that a lot about wrestling fans or wrestling Twitter, for say, and they, they don't understand the purpose behind why certain people are getting pushed, how they're getting pushed, or why this is happening or why that's happening. You know, we have questions, but you have to learn about that over time, right? That's what we do yeah. <laughs> as, as students at school, or at least the ones that well, actually in, in life. I- I know people don't like to hear this because I'm like the old guy on here, but you do – I'm not saying you're smarter when you're older. There's a – it's just wisdom. Life experience teaches you that you – like there is certain times we we get worked up over some real trivial bullshit. Myself – I'm not throwing stones, man. Like that's why I keep saying like learn from my mistakes. You know, that's always my thing like – Josh, and I'll get right back to you in a second. Kind of here, here's like, like what happened with me yesterday, just to kind of piggyback about like being in a chat room. Um, I follow Pipe Bomb News on Instagram. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic page. It's a fantastic follow. You guys should all follow them. Um, but anyway, so they, I saw them uh, quote underneath like one of Becky's posts or something. Uh, the lyrics to Shook Ones by Mob Deep, the infamous, by the way. And uh, and I saw somebody underneath it just put, oh, it's a great song, and you know, M's the best. And I was like, I just put it underneath, yeah, it's not M though. That's not deep. And it, but we just started talking. It was good because we were talking music and stuff, you know. So it ended up long to make a long story short. It ended up that I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I saw I saw M back in like the early or early 1999, like right after uh, Slim Shady the Slim Shady LP came out. I think it was like a month or two after it, you know, it dropped. And uh, this this kid, I, basically, I, I saw Eminem before this kid was even alive. Now you have to understand that it's not like one of these things, like where it's like. Once you hit the age where you've seen someone that, to me, Eminem isn't like a new artist or isn't even like, to me, Eminem is somebody that like debuted to me in my life when I was in college. So it's like, I am Pat. So, I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm smarter than anybody listening to this, but what I'm saying is that if you're under a certain age, I've seen a hell of a lot more than you have. And I've experienced a hell of a lot more than you have. And I've had the ups, downs, lefts, rights, and you learn shit and, and it just hit me, you know, you know, like I said, it's just, it's unfortunate how everything hit me, but it's tied in with the election, some stuff with my daughter, some stuff with my family, some stuff, you know, and it just was like, huh? So this is, everything's making sense. And I, you know, cause everybody wants to live that social media life. You want, you want to get them follows. You live for the retweets. You live for, you know, it, we all did it. We all did it. You know, there's, there is a rush behind that. There's scientific, studies uh whoa jesus christ speaking of being in high school my voice just went back to high school did you hear that (laughs) yeah that was me a human being that made that high-pitched thing i'm getting worried man sometimes my voice goes out on me i need to get to a fucking doctor anyway that's a totally different story altogether holy shit i want that on the loop somewhere that's fucking great but um (laughs) yeah but, but that's my point man is that you know 
I'm, I'm, I'll never say, and I actually, with what I do for a living, I'm always the dumbest guy in the room and I love it. I love being the, the, you know, and, and I can absolutely, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, I'm not ashamed to say it. I love being the dumbest guy in the room because you're always going to learn something, right? Uh, so that's something that I do think that, that, you know, when we talk about these things and I, you know, I say, listen, like as a father, a husband and, and someone that's looking 40 square in the eyes in about eight months, nine months, um, anything social media related is garbage. And you're just, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for that to be triggered anyway. So. Right. And again, this is one of the main reasons why I'm doing a little bit of a positive. No different in corporate America though. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I'm apologizing to our listeners because like even I've lost context as to why I, it's like it's been a couple year journey trying to figure out why I disconnect with a lot of the stuff that goes on with wrestling Twitter. And it came to me is that wrestling Twitter resembles a lot of things that I hated about my high school experience. Right. And it all came full circle this weekend. So, yeah. So, again, uh, wrestling fans should not be put into the wrestling Twitter bubble. I, what I despise is the vitriol and the dis- idiocy that goes on wrestling Twitter every single day and after every single wrestling show. It's like it's sometimes the conversations are just illogical before the back and forth even begins, which I think is something that people don't choose to point out at a lot of times. <laughs> Cause it, we could, we could create our own reality where we're having back and forth debates about characters and why this is right. And this is wrong, but also you're losing context before you even start the argument and B sometimes the things you're saying doesn't even make sense at all. Mm-hmm too so and it it goes back to wrestling again doesn't make sense professional wrestling does not make sense no well no yeah it's not supposed to again it's fantasy it's just like you know again we don't do this with the forms entertainment but but the thing is is that i i'm you know my fear and this is the why why i've always like tried to to like you know i'm i i hate that i knock social media so much but it is ruining the human experience because we've all become avatars We've all become, you know, because Josh, I, I've found in human life because I'm old enough to, to remember what it was like before all, you know, uh, there, you know, everybody had a computer in, in their hand, let alone in their house. You know, I didn't have a computer until I was in college, like in the school computer, not myself, you know. Right. <laughs> um, so, but but it's we're losing that human that human uh, that, that human touch, so to speak, that that human uh, the human nature that kicks in of like you know sympathy, empathy, different things like that. Now, I will say this though: when you see people in public, they are a million times different because a compassion comes in. B people typically don't want to argue. They go to Twitter, they go to Facebook, they go to Instagram to look for fights. To, to so, so it's a release after work. They're stressed out from work. They need, you know, it used to be the whole what was the, the old adage back in like the fifties and sixties and whatever. The man came home from work and was all mad and would take it on his life and blah blah blah. It's not like that now. You just, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's, it's, you know, or a guy goes out to the bar, blah blah. blah. Just, no, people just go home and they go on Twitter, right? You know, right. it's, it's, they don't take it out on their significant others. They don't take it out on, on, you know, they don't go out to the bars anymore. They don't, and I'm not saying any of that's right. You know, there's better ways to, to manage like frustrations and, 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 you know, things like that, like work out, fucking play a guitar or something, anything, you know what I mean? But, um, but that's what we do. 
we go for the thrill of the argument to see if we could win the argument. I had a, a, a friend of mine that it's, it's like his, like it's kind of a part of the family that admitted that he would on Facebook intentionally try to debate me just because it was like a rush for him. That, and I was like, that's a sickness, man. Like that's, that's yeah. horrible. And why me? First of all, like that's well, who gives a shit about if any of you like no 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 offense. I'm saying this as jokingly as possible, but I don't know why anybody gives a shit about what I've ever had to say, let alone like what you know what I mean. Like I don't I don't understand. Um, I, I've never understood that why I've been such a fun target for people over the over the years. But um, but at the end of the day, man, it's it's that's what it is. It's people always want to feel like they've won. You know, like. You know, dude, Trump talked about it, and I never thought I'd be saying this, but he's right. When it like when it comes to wrestling, I'm so tired of winning, dude. I'm tired of winning. I don't know how all these people are out there complaining because I am winning and winning and winning. It's almost at a point where I need a weekend off of wrestling because I'm tired of winning, man. Trump was right. I am officially tired of winning because I feel like wrestling has been fucking awesome so far this year. And we're going to talk about that, you know, towards the end of the show, but. Again, it's it's a, it's about how you look at things, man, and, and that's why you cut all the negativity out of your life. Things that tend to bother you, number one, won't bother you as much, and number two, you'll start to appreciate little nuances that you're just blinded to because you want to follow the pack on social media forums or go after a wrestler on Twitter because you know now the big game is let's see if I can get a, a talent to engage with me. Why? Like you now we're just gonna harass people, you know? That's what that's where we're at now. Where yeah. harassment is, and I love when, and it's my favorite too. Is like, and again, we always go into this. Like, follow me on Twitter. Excuse me, don't follow me anywhere, man. Like, let me do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, this this would be a good way to uh, transition to our next point here. Um, there's been a lot of back and forth going on and uh, misleading things, and who's going where, and what's happening with uh, wrestlers leaving WWE, or the automatic assumption is if somebody's disgruntled or they're feeling uh, being held back, oh, they're AEW bound. And before Adam gets his thoughts on this, I want to talk about this because this is my perspective of just seeing what's going on, and I see more of the topics about AEW on Twitter than Adam does. Um, like for me personally, I feel that a lot of us, especially in the podcasting bubble, are trying too hard to make AEW bigger than what it's supposed to be. That's just my observation for what's been going on over the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying I'm right or I'm wrong. You know, this is just how I feel looking and seeing what's been talked about on these type of shows and on wrestling Twitter the last couple of weeks. So, you know, again, uh, we had the report. Uh, I didn't have the report, but last week they had something about Ronda Rousey uh, leaving WWE, right? And that went to nowhere, right? <laughs> uh, that the, the day before that, they were saying, oh, the Revival asked for the release. They're going to get released. They're AEW bound. Well, uh, they're still on television, and Scott Dawson was on the pre-show of the Rumble uh, the other day. I still so, think they should jump in and be called cease and desist, but that's neither here nor there. That's not a bad idea, by the way. <laughs> it's just a person. Yeah, that's just – it's a personal gimmick. That it's, it'd be yeah. so fucking awesome for them to walk in and yeah. just be called cease and desist. It, I don't know. By the way, and I'm not I'm not a mark to the point where I get annoyed with this type of stuff. I just look at it and just start laughing because a lot of it, even in the wrestling media bubble, it's 
not, a lot of it's just talk. You know, I could say anything about a wrestler on any brand right now, and they could be held back, and I'd be like, well, uh, give it to April. They'll be AEW bound. Like, <laughs> but by the way, why does it have to be only all elite wrestling? New Japan lost a lot of stars over the last couple of weeks. Nobody's saying, oh, they're not New Japan bound. Impact's pick, picking up a lot of steam. Why wouldn't a wrestler who is uh, in the United States wouldn't want to go to an Impact or Ring of Honor? They're, they're making more money than they were, let's say, three or four years ago. Why is it automatically, okay, somebody's just growing with their booking in WWE, that means they're AEW bound. I don't get it personally. Now it doesn't bother me to the point where it's going to affect my day because I have more important things to worry about. But <laughs> for me, for a company that's just starting, I think we're a little bit too desperate to make this out more than it's supposed to be. It's like me meeting a girl and making her out to be the most perfect thing that I ever seen in my entire life without even knowing half of what that girl's been through in her entire life or even knowing her personally uh it's not need, wait wait it's not every need, woman and i think that's marriage so just can, uh, i'm sorry continue well I, unless you're married a woman two weeks uh dating her <laughs> I, I don't know who does that these days but uh anyways my, my point is i think we should pump the brakes a little bit about where we're going with this AEW conversation I, I'm, I'm excited for this little press conference they're doing uh, next week when it comes to double or nothing we'll get more information what's going on with that show per, per se but um, I think we're doing a little bit we're going a little bit overboard with this to be honest with everybody okay so two things one um, no the joke about being married is that no Listen, I don't care how long you, you know a woman. You never really still know a woman. Women are great at that. Women kind of always still keep like a little bit tucked away. Men will tell you anything. We will, we're so dumb. We will say anything. You, we will tell you anything you want to hear. Women are smart. They know how to, they know how to keep things to themselves. So that's the joke behind that. And I know every, every woman listening to this right now has got a little grin on their face because they know I'm on to their game. I'm starting to figure women out. Um, still don't mean I know shit about women. I'm just saying I'm starting to realize that men are absolutely inferior. So. As I continue from that point, <laughs> um, no, but you know what, man, here's, here's where I'm at with AEW and okay, Josh, so we, we've talked about this enough that, that, you know, that for me, I look at it that I think it's a, it's, it's a double-edged sword of, I think there is a lot of people that are just, they want to be anti WWE so bad when it comes to the Twitter verse that they're, they're, they, they've been dying for anything. I used to have people, and listen, not, not, take nothing away from any of the athletes that were ever in TNA slash Impact over the years, but it was never even close to being good, as good as WWE on its worst year. Let's just call it like it is. It's, it's, they never would have been able to sell out consistently arenas across the country. It just, it just wasn't going to work, you know? Um, so we never, since WCW folded, we've never really had that alternative. Like, like Cody said a couple months ago. So right. I, I see, and I understand it because I'll admit, man, I like we talked before and this is, this is where like funny little stories come in and where like, I love having a little nine year old Mark for a daughter. And, um, and, and I mean that because we're watching SmackDown the other night together, they do the Nakamura bit and you know, I don't, I actually still think it's a work, but you know, it's, it is what it is, but they have Nakamura go, you know, ha- take that weird pinfall or whatever, lose the title. And my daughter looked at me and she went, that seemed a lot like what they did in Montreal. And I, I just lost it because first off, this is amazing that my daughter even like she's instantly <laughs> referencing the Montreal screw job in like random matches on SmackDown. But then, you know, but then listen, a couple hours later, 
you go in Nakamura on Twitter, it says WCW, you know? So now as a father, here I am, like, you have to understand, guys, I, my viewing experience is much different than being, than even 10 years ago, Adam Daly, you know what I mean? Like, I have to, like, I always have to put that out there, guys. I'm never throwing shade. I've been in every phase of the wrestling fandom, you know what I mean? Like, I understand why there's a lot of arguments in, like, the 20-year-old, the like, blah, 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 bubble, but... When you're older and you and you're watching it as a family and your daughter starts catching on things like that, it's like, oh, this is good. This is just good, you know. Um, so, are they playing into it? I don't know, but this is what's fun for me about it, right? I don't want and like I keep saying every week, I like that what we're getting with AEW is more of a slow burn. We're getting one person here, uh, episode of the elite uh, being the elite that teases someone else. We get someone else here, then we get somebody else here. Like they've slowly been dragging us along, and I think they've been doing this. It's it's really it's really smart how they're doing this. Now on the flip side of it, if it's enabling WWE to manipulate uh, the wrestling media and fans into thinking their talent is leaving or not leaving, or if there is truth to certain talents leaving or not leaving. It's fun. It, it, this is where, Josh, it does feel like a sport again. This is where, you know, before before we taped, we were talking about this. And I'm only saying that because WWE ultimately was 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 always the Mecca. And I'm not saying that it isn't still always going to be the Mecca. Because it, it is it is absolutely probably always going to be the Mecca when it comes to, you know, sports entertainment. Per, you know, but what AEW potentially has a chance to do is even just compete on a major level. I think that's all a lot of wrestling fans want. You know, even if it's just something that has substance that, that you know, because um, there's been a lot of, you know, people that have, that have tried and, and, and they haven't, you know, you, can, you it's, it's hard to beat the machine because there's a lot of money behind the machine, you know. So once they finally have the money, I think I think as a fan, it is exciting to see this blossom and, and like the rumor mill start again, like it used to be back in the day with like the WCW, like this absolutely made it fun now, but by no means will I ever quote unquote take a side or because I'm still, I will always stay firm on this. When everybody succeeds, we succeed. We right. win. We, we, we absolutely do not want WWE to put AEW out of business or AEW to put WWE out of business or somebody to put New Japan out of business. Or We don't want that. We don't. When everybody succeeds, it's better for the performers it's better for uh, talent. It's better for the ring crew. It's job security. You know what I mean? It's a job security. It's better for, for the bosses. It's better for everybody all around when, when everybody is succeeding because then that means everybody has to elevate their game a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with that. But when I, I'll admit, Josh, I, it, it is a little upsetting to me that everybody's – like I saw under certain things because Nia was, in the, Nia was in the rumble. It's like this is why AEW is going to be so much better. Really? Because 20 years ago, I just want to, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later too, but just perspectively speaking, if, if that's your, if your hill to die on is that Nia Jax being in the Rumble, that's why AEW is going to be so much better. I want you to keep in mind the same talking heads that are always out there bashing WWE. We're going to put the world championship on China 20 years ago. So why is that okay? Because that was the time when it was absolutely, you weren't, there, there was no question that there was a little bit of a separation in the men's division and the women's division. You know what I mean? It was it was night and day. But yet they were. But yet China, not only Intercontinental Champion, had a great program with Chris Jericho. Had you know uh, Jeff Jarrett and Chris Jericho. So she's now keep in mind Hall of Fame legends. She's she's tying up with. And at one point they actually were going to put the main title on them, and fans were pining for it. Here's what happened, Josh. Here's what's up with AEW. 
and, and, and this isn't anything against AEW because obviously I, I love the Bucks and I love, and I want them to succeed because again, I think having a private and public company both thrive is necessary, not only in this country, but just for, for every facet. And it would only challenge each other to be better. So I'm looking forward to see what comes, comes out of it all. But at the end of the day, um, AEW hasn't even had a match. Now, and I'm not doubting that they're not going to put on quality, uh, put out a quality product. I'm not, I am not even doubting it. But what it is, Josh, is that 20 years later, you know, all the men that are out there barking it, there's no men left in the world. The men are, they're just, they're, those insecure pricks are the ones that are crying because a, a woman is in the men's rumble. Oh, it took three finishers to knock her out. Oh my God. Well, one year it took five to knock Cena out of Elimination Chamber or something like that. You know, so <laughs> listen, there's still at least like, you know, it's just it's it's I, I think I, I call it tiny dick syndrome. Um, I feel as though that if you're out there and you're complaining that a female is better than you at something, um, you probably just have a small dick. And, and it's it's a common thing these days. Um, tiny dick syndrome is it's not. Unfortunately, they don't have a pill for that yet. Um, it's it's a shame. I know a lot of people out there could use it. It's but not curable, by the it way. It is not curable at all because typically they double down on it. And, and you know, the, the, once you double down on, on you know, because they want to make prove how manly they are, it just shrinks up even more. It's like a reverse Pinocchio. You know what I mean? Like right. once you get in so deep, <laughs> you realize that, oh, shit, it's in me all deep. Like it went up the wrong way. So I just think that <laughs> I just think. And, but but how that ties in with AEW, man, I, just, I really do feel like it's just people are, are so desperate for validation of their own points. That this is the ultimate. We told you so about WWE, right? That, that's that's the end game for for. I'm not saying for the wrestlers, but for the wrestling fan that is like that is already just for some reason putting WWE in bankruptcy. Yeah. That, that's that's why it's some weird subconscious thing where without realizing it, WWE is running their lives to the point of a, it's it's a sickness that you want a company to fail that bad, and you've been just dying for another, you know. So I, my point is, is that if you're dying for a company to, to fail so bad, I, I'm sorry about your tiny dick syndrome. If you have a problem with women, you know, uh, being better at certain things than men, it's because now I would whoop your ass and tiny dick syndrome. And um, and we just need to start celebrating everybody and like and, and, and appreciating success. Yes, I want, uh, dude. I'm not gonna lie, man. I love the fact that like with a Tommy, okay, is he staying? Is he going? With Ambrose, is he staying? Is he going? Dude, I'm, I'm eating it up. That's why I'm not throwing shade, man. I am eating this shit up. It's to me, it's it's amazing again. You know, this is I'm, it's it's getting me really, really excited about AE, like about all elite wrestling and about the potential of what it could be. I just right. want to let it be first. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm and I'm not trying to like sign on anyone's like uh, death certificates yet. You know, like it's it's just crazy how people want to instantly jump from point A to point Z without ever going through the motions of anything else. You know, um, and then they'll ride that point. All the way into the sunset, just because for some reason people can't flip flop, people can't change their minds, because people can't learn anymore. People have to stay stubborn, and it's 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 a frightening thing. And I think this is unfortunately, I keep saying it's a reflection of society, but it is. Um, so where I'm at, AEW is doing a fantastic job. WWE right now, I think, is doing a fantastic job. If they have talent that might leave, best best of luck to them, because I think again, it's it's good for everybody. But if and is gives WWE though the, the opportunity to manipulate with the manipulate the fans too and and again this is where it can get to where once everybody succeeds 
as fans, man, we, we win and we win big. So you yeah. never, never out there, you know, want to see a human being fail. That That's, right. that's a sickness. That's, that's a problem. Man. Right. And also like, if, if if you haven't wrestlers from WWE that are leaving the company, like it's not a sign of the company need to change things up. It's more an opportunity for the wrestlers who you want to see get more opportunities on the show actually get to be on the show. Um, tag teams, wrestlers in the mid card division, women. You know, those other wrestlers have an opportunity to be on there. And also, please, for the love of God, stop posting that damn Cody Rhodes Hulk Hogan ear. It's great. It is at, great. Under, after, at, under every <laughs> WWE wrestler. It is great. <laughs> now, but here's OK. So, Josh, let me play since everybody always wants to play Super Devil's Advocate all the time. And listen, let's face it. I'm going to say this and then not, probably this weekend or, it, you know, in, in Vegas, it, there's going to be an announcement that's going to prove me wrong on this. And that's what I'm hoping for. And I'm only playing this card just just to be the contrarian. I do not believe this. I'm not, you know, so don't take this. But I'm, if, if, you know, people out there want to play that game of, of, well, this is why WWE sucks and this is why AEW is going to be so much better. The funny part is, is that for as much as the wrestling community claims to want women's wrestling, you know, in the forefront – you're already crowning a company that only has one women's competitor. One. Nothing against Britt Baker because she's fantastic. But I'm saying you have one. Just like all the people that constantly berate WWE for how they treat women, but New Japan doesn't have any women. Again, let's slow your roll with the criticisms on any company. Because I don't believe that, by the way, about uh, – about all elite because they're going to have they're going to have a nice roster of women on their you know on their in, in their organization and it's it's going to be fun that's why it's just obviously they, they got Britt first and it was an awesome you know it was an awesome way to introduce her and you know and, and make her the first draft pick I actually really like the fact that they made her the first draft pick I think that'll tie into her character pretty or they'll, they'll be able to tie that into her character but they're going to have more sign on but as of right now it's just Britt Baker so you're crowning a company that doesn't even have any you know that that's why I just I can't, I can't jump to conclusions anymore. Like I like riding just the journey in, 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 in the, the wave out. And I think that's what all these companies would, would prefer us to do. I'm not saying not be passionate about it. Absolutely. They absolutely want us to be passionate about it, but it, it is getting a little ridiculous. Like, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about the rumble in a minute. Cause you know, but, but Shane Helms brought up a great point. Like he dropped the hardcore title to Molly Holly at WrestleMania. And you guys can say, Oh, it doesn't matter. It was the, it was, it was, uh, it was the, the hardcore title. Well, no offense, but and I love Mustafa Ali, but all Nia Jax did was eliminate a two hundred five live guy. If, right. if we're gonna play harsh, let's keep it a hundred, man. You know, so let's. I, so I don't understand why everyone's losing their minds about it because that's all. What it's not like a Mustafa Ali was actually gonna win the motherfucker. You know, yeah. Um, yeah she she cheap shotted one of the uh, biggest comedy acts in the WWE and R Truth to even enter the match. And like you said, she eliminated a two oh five live guy. So And again, it was awesome. And, we'll talk and, about that when we get there on that. Yeah. But also, hey because you don't see something happening and you don't understand why at that exact moment doesn't mean it's wrong or stupid or whatever. Like I, I never understood that mindset when it comes to wrestling. But I wanted to say this really quick because we gotta move on. Um we got we got a lot of wrestling out there these days, and how you consume it is how you consume it. But um, I just feel like at the end of the day that we are doing more damage to AEW than them promoting their product right now. 
that's just how I feel about it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where things go here, but we do, we do got to move on here. Um, real quick though, remember. Oh, I want to say this. I forgot this point. You want the biggest example of tiny dick syndrome? I saw a tweet after the rumble's over. Don't get offended if a men wrestler gets in a women's Royal Rumble match next year. Okay, we had James Ellsworth win the women's money in the bank and drop it to Carmella. We've already done this, guys. Let's, like, again, let's, like, not mince words. Um, but, Josh, remember, the one thing about AEW, though, too, don't, don't forget, though, there is no such thing as bad publicity. So even criticisms, you know, like, you know, like how you said that, you know, um, you're, you're kind of, we're doing more damage. Some, some fans out there could be doing more damage to AEW. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think right now, as long as they're being talked about negative or positive, that's a, that's a positive because that's another social media tick that they got that WWE didn't. You know what I mean? If if we're looking at that mindset. Um, again, I think that – I still think it's more so that people don't realize that as much as they complain online, they're actually boosting a company when they complain about that company online because it's entertainment. It's not like you're buying milk off of WWE and it's like, oh, this shit was spoiled and you throw it away and you sue them because you got some kind of weird stomach disease now. That only happens when you buy shit at Brunton Farms up in Independence. No, I'm totally kidding. It's a great dairy. It's a great dairy. (laughs) Buy all your milk from there if you live in in, 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 in the Pittsburgh area. Seriously, it's it's got the most killer chocolate milk you ever drink. And now I'm just like conning for like people that I went to high school with. But but no, but that's it's kind of there's it's the same kind of scenario, man. I keep using obscure references, guys, just to try and make you make you realize that we're kind of getting worked up over nothing a lot of times instead of just kicking back and and enjoying it. Like once we get to the Nia point, I'm going to talk about how. Just some things that that my daughter was really happy with, and I know people, oh, you know, but you'll see why. And about how she was happy with how they broke down gender norms, and how they weren't afraid to hit uh, Nia with finishers, and how she thinks that in her mind she was just so happy because like she's dying for the men and women to scrap against each other. She loves intergender matches, so for that moment in time, like she was in her glory. Um, I don't know. But Josh, is it about me, the the almost forty year old? Is it about the thirty year olds? Is it about the twenty year olds? Or is it about the nine year old that if you hook them at nine and they're lifetime fans, it ends up being that when you're thirty nine like I am, you spend more wrestling merchandise than you have in like fifteen years <laughs> in every company that's out there. You know, um, whether it's the independent scene, whether it was New Japan merchandise, whether it was WWE merchandise, whether it was Elite merchandise, whether it was Bullet Club, whether you know. Dude, we, we, we bought a little bit of, I mean, this was probably like, I, I dumped more money into wrestling this year than I have any in, in a fucking a long time. And it was evenly spread across the board, man. That's the beauty of it. That's what it's supposed to be about. And for anybody to, 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 to want one side to bury the other side, fickle. Fickle. All right, let's talk a little bit about NXT TakeOver Phoenix uh, from this past Saturday. Uh, this co- a couple things that stood out to me. Um, I really enjoyed the entrance of the War Raiders to start off the show. I just thought it was pretty cool. And a little fun uh, factoid for those that don't know, kind of like those pop-up videos they did back in the day of the MTV era. Oh, God, Um, VH1. (laughs) um, Sarah Logan was one of the Vikings in the shield armor they had for the War Raiders entrance, which is pretty cool. I think uh, that she wanted to be part of the entrance so bad. With mm, her that's awesome. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I, feel cool. see, I didn't even get to see the entrance. I think I'm still in the shower. My daughter got to see it. That's the first thing she was telling me about. was like, should have seen him come out with this Viking thing. Like it was, <laughs> She was all fired yeah. up about it. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the match was really good. Uh, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly are great technical wrestlers. I always uh, enjoy watching or transcribe their matches. They're great performers. And uh, the War Raiders are your new NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, be on the lookout for my boys. I was saying last week, Fabian Eichner and Barcel Barthel. Uh, that's a new tag team to be looking out for. But, yeah, the War Raiders are getting the titles. And I'm going to be honest, guys. You know, I, I like I said, I enjoy watching on its three air wrestle, and I like them as performers. But the faction and the character part of it hasn't really hit me personally, to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the theme song. I, I it's cool that they're together as a group, but the, the theme song grew on me. Not gonna been, lie. Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, the undisputed era, as far as characters, has been a flop to me as far as the original attention of them being the dominant force in NXT. It's at least from what I've watched NXT over the last couple of so that's just that's just my opinion. But um This yeah. is where I haven't watched enough to give an opinion. That's why I, you know I stay out of it. It's like it's like that South Park episode where where uh, Jimmy and Timmy join the Crips. Nah I'm staying out of this one. Right. <laughs> um I'll just sell the show. Uh by the way I want to give a shout out to my good brother B Rob. He Sometimes when I'm like transcribing matches, like they have fancy names for certain moves. So like Kota Bushi, he has like this high knee strike. He calls it Kamagoye, and I was like Matt Riddle did that same move to beat Cassius Ono the other night on XC. So that knee strike, he like popped it up like whatever, and I, I was like. What do I call this? I just put camera going and uh, Vera was like, put the camera bro Yes. <laughs> yes. <was> like, oh. <laughs> well played. So shout out to Vera for that. <laughs> well played. <laughs> camera bro I love it. Um, Bianca Belair uh, put Shayna Baszler to the limit, but uh, Baszler uh, did end up picking up the victory. Baszler is very underrated as a wrestler, uh, especially for the lack of experience she has. Uh, Shayna Baszler is about the last. I, I will say this real quick because I, I didn't catch the first two matches. This match is where I started watching it on um, because I haven't been watching NXT weekly. I and I haven't seen Bianca Belair as much. I just and I get that her hair for the character. I just feel like it gets in the way a lot. Like you could see that it's like there was a lot of times where it seemed like it, it there there was more concern about where like trying to get her hair out of the. I don't know, man. I don't know. And I know it's part of the gimmick, and maybe you know it's. it's I, I don't know if it's natural or if it's, if it's a weave or whatever, but right. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if if. Uh, I don't know, man. Do you feel it's a distraction or am I just overthinking it or is it? Well, I think for her match, she emphasizes more the hair whip because of what it does in the ring. I think from watching each week, she's more about her um, braggadocious attitude, and she's like she yeah. she brags about being undefeated. Like right, that, right, right. That's more of her shit. I just meant just yeah. I just meant just match wise. Just yeah. I, this is gonna sound whatever, but just from a safety standpoint, it just seemed like it was like her hair was always kind of getting in the way. Where like you're either knocking it out or you're repositioning it. And, and granted, I mean she's getting used to. I mean it's, she's training right. that way, so it's not like you know. Um, I don't know. I just <laughs> that's just something I thought about, man. Because like, just could you imagine like hair that long getting tangled up in, in like in the corner ropes or something, and just a move gone bad or some shit? It's because it's overly long hair, you know. And yeah. I mean that's that's all. They're doing those ring post spots a lot now these days. And what, yeah, what, they're not caught in between one of those turnbuckle, like in between the the knob in there. 
Yo, I was watching. I was watching Wild Wrestling this week. Yeah, I was absolutely watching Wild Wrestling this week. Um, and I saw uh, Tessa Blanchard was cutting off uh, what's his name's oxygen. Man, this was some of the most this is the illest shit I've seen in wrestling in a long time. Um, <laughs> who's the champion of Wild right now? Um, I'm sorry, folks. I even myself don't have enough time to watch. Shit. Wild. Um, she's she's second gen too. Uh, Santana Garrett. Uh, was it Santana Garrett? No. Is it her? Maybe it's. I think it's Santana Garrett. Okay. Is it a yes? Okay, I'm getting confirmation from my daughter that yes, it's absolutely Santana Garrett. Uh, so her dad was uh, in the crowd. Yeah, and they had uh, Tessa Blanchard go over and like pinch off his oxygen. It was like, oh my God, this is nuts. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Side um, Ricochet Johnny Gargano certainly did disappoint. Uh, I mean, even a rocket scientist who figured out that these two were going to have an awesome match. Uh, Johnny Takeover is finally a champion. So. Uh, a lot, a lot of the takeover show was kind of building up to this halftime heat uh, six man tag team match that we're having on uh, Sunday. Um, they they showed the Velveteen Dream in the crowd before the main event. Um, you had Aleister Black and Tommaso Ciampa as the main event of TakeOver. Uh, pretty long match. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa did find a way to retain. He's still your NXT champion. This leads to this big brouhaha after the show's over. So you have Johnny Gargano and Ciampa celebrating with each other. Kind of like NXT TakeOver Chicago, the first one, before Ciampa turned his back on Gargano. They're, now they're raising hands and their titles with each other. Uh, and then Velveteen Dream's coming out to them. And he's running his mouth. You have Adam Cole coming out. And all these guys start bigger, bickering about who's the real champion, right? So you have all the guys from the previous three main title matches. And then you have um, other guys in between, like Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. They start brawling all over the stage. They're getting separated by the refs. They start fighting in the gorilla position. <laughs> My uncle Chris was pointing this out. He's like, "Yeah, they're all fighting the shit out of each other." Like, "Oh, here comes Triple H." Oh, I gotta be quiet. I gotta be quiet. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, they got silent real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, they're gonna do a six-man t- uh, tag team match. I don't know if they recorded it uh, over this weekend or at the NXT tapings last night. I don't know when they recorded this or they're actually doing it live at the performance. I have no idea when they're recording this thing. But anyways, um, yeah, halftime heat. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole against Aleister Black, Ricochet, and the Velveteen Dream. Six-man tag team match, halftime heat. Um, that was NXT TakeOver Phoenix. That's some of the stuff that came off the top of our head for that show. But um, let's get into the Rumble and get into this uh, Night Jack stuff. Uh, like I said, we're not going to break down all the matches for the Rumble. Uh, there was some really good wrestling on the, on the Rumble. I'll say that. Yeah. I like, enjoyed awesome. the pay-per-view. Yeah, like Asuka and Becky to start off the show, I thought was the right choice. I, I, th- I thought that was really cool. It really set the tone of the night for Becky Lynch and how that was going to go with her winning the run match later on. But, um, you know, let's, let's start with the Women's Rumble, actually. Let's start with that, actually, because um, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I think, like, the performer that stood out to me for, like, surprises out of everybody was Casey Catanzaro. Uh, uh, who was from the she's good. American Ninja Warriors. Yeah, she's good. She's hot, and she's probably the most agile female before I ever seen in my life. Yep. <laughs> that yep, whole, yep. 
her inner bounce to get back up on the ring post like that to save herself from the elimination. I thought that was pretty dope. She's pretty good. I, I, I thought it was cool to see Rhea Ripley in there as, in the mm-hmm. rumble. I thought she did a good job in there as well. Uh, let's try to see who else came out. Oh, Kari Zane and Io Shirai. A lot of uh, Japanese and Chinese uh, little little tidbits for all those different markets. They got to um, uh, be surprised in the women's rumble. So we're talking about this. Like you know, usually the rumble you try to drag out who could be from the past era or from the certain city or from the past. Like yep. they live in Phoenix, so you bring them for a regular rumble match. But the emphasis of the younger NXT talents and the other certain brands in the WWE to be as surprises as Rumble something that I appreciated and I enjoyed for this year's Rumble match. Yeah, I like that too. Um, that's something that I think was pretty unanimous in this house. Um, even my daughter was like, you know, she loved it last year, how they brought back some of the like legends, but she really wanted to see like the, the newer talents. It was, it was just cute to, like, to hear that too. But you know, one thing I wanted to say about, uh, the, the rumble itself is, um, unless my dog's going to start to get nuts here, but mm. here's the funny thing about the, the rumble. And again, where, listen, we're, sometimes we're trying to compare apples and oranges. And even though it's like the same sport, it's, for example, every rumble, we got the Kofi spot, right? In the women's rumble, we had like five Kofi spots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey guys, yeah. catch up. And, and obviously it's because, listen, you know, typically you have bigger athletes in the men's rumble. It's, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, but this is why sometimes these things can work like the Nia Jackson that we're going to talk about later on. But, um, yeah, that was one thing that I picked up on was, uh, that we all kind of were picking up on was like, Jesus, another, another Kofi style spot. Like these girls are, these girls can go. Um, I, I'm, I totally agree, man. Um, again, I want to see the stars of the future. Nothing against the stars of the past, but we're supposed to be keep going forward, right? We're, we're supposed to keep, you know, kind of, I think the biggest problem as wrestling fans is we're stuck in the past. Um, yeah, I, I found this quote. I thought it was very interesting to add on to what you're saying. How will we ever evolve in this era if we never take the next first step? Right, right. And that's in anything. That's in business. That's in wrestling. That's in a relationship. That's just that's just life, man. You know. So why would it be any different? You know, especially a business that that could have some competition soon. You absolutely want to showcase not only what you have right now, but what you're going to have in the future, um, just to let people know, hey, these are some faces you might be seeing pretty soon. Um, I love what they did with the women's rumble. Um, like they showed some spotlight for the younger uh, performers from the main roster who don't have like the big storylines. Like the Riot Squad were dominating the Rumble match for like three to four minutes, something like that. Or the whole thing with Mandy Rose and Naomi uh, consequently eliminating right. each other from the Rumble match. The Hornswoggle uh, spot. I thought, oh yeah, that was that was pretty fun out of it. <laughs> that, that was, I caught it too. There was there was just too. You knew it, was, it, right? it went on too long. Yeah, it was going on too long because even Sam was like, I wish they quit showing her. And she was like, if they wouldn't show her, it would be like an awesome surprise. And she snuck back in. I went, they're gonna fucking bring out Hornswoggle. It was just like because if they wouldn't have shown her, that that is that's the element of surprise, right? Have the, have the viewer forget about somebody being out there, and then that that's the that's the you know smoke and mirrors trick of that. But when you keep showing her, it's like, okay, something's happening here. And I didn't think it was going to be the boogeyman. So, (laughs) No, thank God. (laughs) That would have been a little bit weird. (laughs) Oh, it would have been weird. Um, I like Zelina Vega's outfit coming out as Vega, though. I thought that was cool. Um, But real quick about the – let me just add a little little salt and pepper onto the um, Oscar-Becky match. I thought this was one of the matches of the night. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this match, and I really think it did a lot for Oscar. Sam and I were talking, and you know, this is where um, I think that – 
the wrestling fans don't see the big picture. Like Becky Lynch losing and then winning the Rumble not only makes her look stronger, but it makes Oscar look stronger, and that's what they needed. Just like in WrestleMania 31, they have Seth Rollins lose to Randy Orton, so you don't think that he's going to cash in and look strong at the end of the night. You know, it's 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 you you try to make people forget about or make them look weak. So oh, I can't be tonight. You know, um, I thought they did a really really good job of um, incorporating. I, I'll admit I was concerned. Because I know the fanfare right now is very Becky Lynch heavy. And when they had not only the women's match, but then they put Becky in the Rumble and kind of got that match out of the way pretty early. I thought, damn, they, they all right, so they already used Becky twice in the first, like, two hours. Wow, which way is the crowd going to go once it's, like, 1130 and we're still going? You know what I mean? So I will admit there was a level of concern there. Um, but I thought it was brilliant what they did. The crowd pop was amazing. You know, one of these days, I want, like, Alexa Bliss to have, like, an edge moment where she's, like, off of television for six months, whatever it is. Like, like nobody expects her to come in. You have this Elimination Chamber match, right? They're, like, trying to figure out who's going to be the number one contender. Or even you could put, like, the woman's title in the chamber, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the last couple days because, you know, you have the Roman match, and this is the year where we get these bigger gimmick matches toward, toward the bigger shows. And now we got the women's tag team elimination chamber match. But let's say like a chamber match in the future. You have them out and you have like Alexa Bliss come in like edge in and won those um, chamber matches in the past. He's like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know, this is to piss everybody off. Like, let's say like Nikki Cross is like the flavor of the month. Like she's like getting this big push everybody wants her to win it's her time to be like the the man you know like 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 people kind of cool down on becky lynch i of course people are not gonna cool down becky lynch calm down everybody i i, I was gonna say yeah don't send the pitchforks towards me i'm just going <laughs> for the angle here okay calm down so you're asking for for a revolt right there brother yeah <laughs> jesus christ it's like daniel bryan in 2014 god damn um all right so again, like I was saying, have this cool spot like Alexa Bliss coming in, like Edge, like she's in cahoots with whoever's the new manager, Raw or SmackDown at that time, and I, I think she get good pop. I don't know. I see a lot of Edge in Alexa Bliss, and I don't know why they have different characters, but the way they piss people off and how they wrestle in the ring reminds me a lot of each other in a lot of ways. See, Alexa's promos remind me a lot of tr- old Triple H promos in a way. They're very cerebral. They're very, and I know Edge was the ultimate opportunist, but I still, even I, I st- I've made the comparison since day one between Becky and Edge, and I'm still going to, only because I, I feel like you know once we got heel Edge, we got a different Edge, and you know this was supposed to be a heel Becky. It's just that we all gravitated towards her because it was like that. Is everybody going is going to keep saying you know we, we keep saying it's that Stone Cold type figure. It's that it's that outlaw that that badass that don't you know just don't give a you know what. And it's always refreshing when we have that character, and we really truly have never had it in the women's division, you know. Um, so and I do think you know Becky Lynch is also challenging uh, just people in society in general to think differently as well. And, and I think that that says a lot about, uh, right. about her and, and, and the development of this character and, and, and just how it's, it's resonated with the fans. So, so other things that stood out to me from the rubble, like again, it always seems like whenever Shane McMahon has a match on a pay-per-view or at least like a baby or a rubble, it's like, okay, this could be the least, like hyped match of the show, people don't know how they're gonna feel about it. Yada yada yada. And again, him and Miss 
get one of the loudest pops of the entire show. Shane always <laughs> delivers. He always yep. delivers. <laughs> uh, it was cool. I The whole stuff with the dad and making the, the whole story of trying to get Miz's dad to be proud of him, I thought that was kind of cool because it kind of correlates to the whole Miz and Mrs. thing where <laughs> – <laughs> like George is like the biggest funny character of that entire show. He's great, and, or, or maybe Maurice's mom. That oh, girl. she's great too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that was cool. I, I it was a nice little comedy bit. I don't know if they're playing that into the second season of Mrs. Mrs. Maybe that's why they're doing this uh, thing with Ms. and Shane McMahon. I, I have no idea. But if you guys I, can hear her crunching, I'm sorry. That's my dog eating a treat next to me. I'm gonna mute my mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool to see them uh, get that kind of pop like that. Um, really quick, um, I have a promo that I'm going to be airing at the beginning of the show this week where uh, Dana Bryan talks about the universe being fickle when it comes to WWE championship matches and having certain performers in there and you're sitting on your hands. And I, I, his promo at the Rumble really curtails of what happened with him and AJ Styles. Um, at the Rumble, because they went on after the Women's Rumble match. And, you know, it was quiet or whatever. Maybe they got a little more noise uh, towards the end of the match. But just from my opinion, transcribing the match and how the wrestling was, I thought it was really good. And it's happened a lot with AJ Styles WWE Town matches. Uh, Nakamura, I was there for at WrestleMania last year. Um, you know, Samoa Joe before the whole Wendy angle, like their title matches would have people be sitting on their hands. You know, I don't know if it's an AJ styles thing or, you know, like we get on these big campaigns for these certain wrestlers to have title opportunities and being champions. And, and once they become champions, it's like, okay, what else do I have to cheer for? Right. right. Yeah. And I thought Dan Bryan brought. I, I thought Dan Bryan really brought that up to his promo. That's why I'm airing it at the beginning of the show this week. Um, I thought they had a good match, but again, people are sitting on their hands. So. Listen, the Straight Earth Society is awesome, but um, I think that if this match is on a New Japan pay per view, people are giving it five stars, six stars, maybe. You know, I don't know. Eight. What, I don't know what <laughs> this star rating system is anymore. But, um, I, I, dude, I, I don't know. I do think that's a good point. It, it fell after the women's rumble. Maybe the crowd was a little gassed. Maybe they, you know, they had to use the restroom. Maybe, you know, that's part of it. I think part of it, Josh, is in a way, I think that we need new opponents. Even though we, we've always had new opponents for, for AJ Styles, I almost feel like he, we need him on Raw. You know what I mean? Like, or, or something. Because yes. I, I, th- I think it has less to do with the work that they put in. It has less to do with the angle. I don't think any of that. I think it's just it's misdirected hostility. I think it's it's false blame. I think we're it, and I don't think there's anybody to blame in this other than we've had AJ Styles on SmackDown now for what three straight years, and he's kind of been the face of SmackDown now for three straight years. Because everything is such short form theater anymore, you know, those three years or so, you know, whatever it is, they feel like ten, you know. Um, so. In a way, it's, it's almost like the Lesnar effect, right? People were tired of Lesnar because that's all we get. We've only had AJ Styles realistically in title matches unless, as much as people hate this, entertainment angles. And I think people probably want either new matchups, fresher matchups for him, or him to be submerged in more of an entertainment-style angle versus constantly going for the championship. Because eventually, 
it does work. Like, and it would happen if it was, let's talk about you know, New England Patriots in this, this Sunday Super Bowl, or if it was in the NBA Finals, people were tired of the, the Warriors and the, um, the Cavaliers, or people are like, you know, you, you name it, you, and it's, it's so I'm not, it's not, it's, it's not a, a criticism of mine at all. I think it's just human nature now has, we don't appreciate longevity as much as new, fresh, and everything like that. You know what I mean? So I, I just think that there's a freshness that they need to reignite behind AJ Styles. And then I think everything will follow behind that. Because honestly, I think the storylines have been great. I think everything that Styles has been doing has been fantastic. It's just he's kind of stuck in a position maybe that, that, that he's stuck. He's stuck being in that top guy position to where he's – not that that's a bad place to be. Um, please don't – the paychecks come in very nicely, I'm sure. But I, I think that from yeah. a fan standpoint, I think that's where they're – what happened with this. Um, now, that's absolutely, though, being fickle. Daniel Bryan's right. The promo is is, is, a, is on point because that's absolutely what it is. It's, it's a fickle nature of the fans now because it's – again, short-form theater. We want new, next, what's next, what's next. It's never just enjoy the moment, the here and now. It's always – Two years ahead, a year ahead. It's not even like the next month. We're so far ahead sometimes. So, right. Work with me. Work with me here. Um, gotcha. You know, AJ SmackDown's the house that AJ Styles built, right? True. But from a wrestling standpoint, the mortgage hasn't been paid recently. Ooh, ooh. No, he's been paying the mortgage. Or maybe, or maybe the, like, appli- the appliances haven't been working out. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, maybe that's a better one because yeah, everything's he's he's doing his part. I just feel like um, the utilities just aren't aren't. Uh, there's problems with the utilities, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it's and I feel like because it's nothing Styles is doing. It really isn't. But I think it's more of a. Um, and, and you know what, I man? I do think that there's a lot of it is that Daniel Bryan's character is as much as he's supposed to be hated right now. I think he's getting more of a pop than he should <laughs> because it's great. That's why it's you talk obscure about, you talk and about over the, the top. Best, you want to talk about the best of the world and all that? Uh, best character, best wrestler, whatever. Uh, Daniel Bryan is uh, getting a lot of love and rightfully so right now as far as all companies are concerned, yep. especially his promo from SmackDown the uh, the other day, That's where awesome. <laughs> the titles made out of 100% organic hemp, and I was like, I applaud any <laughs> man that chooses to go that route. <laughs> By the way, I don't mind the Eric Rowan thing because it goes back to where Bry was part of the wife family. I, I that parent doesn't bother me that much to be honest with you. I like that Eric Rowan is a man of the earth too. Um, and I love the fact that he was wearing a Tom Savini shirt at the Rumble. Um, Savini's a Pittsburgh dude. Savini actually backstory. Um, I talked to someone in the Pittsburgh area that uh, went to Tom Savini's uh, school here. Um, he does, he has like a, a like a theater school. If you don't know who Tom Savini is, um, watch From Dusk Till Dawn. He's sex machine, um, but he's also one of horror's greatest uh, um, princes when it comes to developing great horror films, great uh, costumes, great everything, you know. So that being said, um, I was speaking with a gentleman that made Eric Rowan's uh, couple masks the last time, you know, when he had like three or four masks that he was wearing, like alternating. One had like like the hoses and stuff, you know, all that kind of right. stuff. But uh, he showed me the one that Rowan already debuted, and he just kind of like was like, listen, he's got a couple more. I just can't, obviously can't show them to you. So I liked that there was a connection between Roman and, and Savini and how he kind of like, you know, paid homage to him. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but dude, I, I love that 
it was almost it's almost a gallows style scenario where it was like well gallows was in like a drug induced state of whatever so how do you you know kind of flip him out of that real quick well it's eric rowan is just a man of the earth you know because there is there's a lot of similarities with you know between what they're doing here but dude it to me it's worth i i think it's working i think it's when you can really hit the pulse of something that's going to trigger people you're going to have half the half the people are going to absolutely love it even if they don't agree with them because it is something that is – there's a lot of us that just love to watch other people get mad. That's where I'm yeah. at. I actually don't get pissed anymore. I just I enjoy watching people get triggered over the dumbest shit. So <laughs> it is. It's so funny, man. It's so funny. So when they do this and people start to get upset about it, but the other half of the people that absolutely love the creativity and the, and, and, and just the just the overall – like the over-the-topness of it and like how it can't just right. be the championship. Like this was made – and her name what – what was her name? Was her name Betsy? No. What was Daisy. The, what, Daisy was the was yep. the Kyle's name. Um, it was – listen, that was awesome. It was just yeah. – so there's – it's great heel work and it's great creativity. It's a great way to get underneath people's skin. So that, that's I think where – um, Daniel Bryan, I think they thought they were going to irritate more people than they were until they realized, oh, people really are digging this. But so I think in a way, Styles is kind of. I actually feel more bad for AJ Styles because he's still hands down one of the best guys that they have, and right. and he never disappoints. He always puts on one of the best matches of the night. He's always there. He's you know. Um, I just think it's it's more of okay, it's time to see him on the red brand versus the blue brand. That's all. I honestly think that's it's it yeah. has. It's as simplistic as that. Yeah, the appliances are breaking down, and you gotta move to a new house. That's that's Oops. no. I just, just got sometimes you just gotta paint the walls. That's all. And you know these blue walls sometimes <laughs> need to go red. But never paint your walls red. That's real bad juju, man. You don't want to mess with that shit. Especially yeah. like yeah, don't do that. I don't want some Amityville horse shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't 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 do that. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what I really dig was um, Seth Rollins winning the Royal Rumble in Bears gear. In what? Bears gear. <laughs> oh, that wasn't Phoenix's colors. No, that's Bears gear. Oh, uh, was it? Listen, <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad one of my one of my guys, like one of like my favorites, finally won a Rumble. I never like Mr. Perfect never won a Rumble. Punk Jericho never got a Rumble. Finally got a Rumble out of one of my like favorite guys. You know, so. I'm edged yeah. it, but he was never, you know, it's, he was always underneath Jericho slightly. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Don't hate me. Rollins, uh, way to roll, man. It's pretty cool. Um, two guys in Shield have won Rumbles. Uh, two guys on Shield have won Money to Bank ladder matches in the past. Um, you know, some cool spots in there. I thought, like, Aleister Black eliminating Dean Ambrose eliminated, um, from the Rumble match. I thought it was a cool spot. Yep. Black was one of the surprises in the Rumble. Um, it's kind of the same thing with the women's match. A lot of the NXT stars did a really good job in that match. Mm-hmm. Even uh, Pete Dunne uh, had a really good run in that Rumble Absolutely. match as well. Absolutely. Pete Dunne and Mustafa Ali had a really nice run in there. Yeah. Did you have a good chuckle out of the Titus stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you knew they were going to do something. <laughs> They're like, they had the soccer chance like, whoa. By the way, I, I really like the stage setup they had for the Rumble this year. Uh, totally agree. The, yeah. The I wanted to talk play. about that later too. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Dude, it was uh, so cool. Like, all the pictures that you got out of it. Like, I, I look at a lot of stuff like this because at first it's like, oh, like there's no big screen, stuff like that. But then you start seeing, like, all the still frames that, you know, that they took from it. And just how, like, Rollins is, like, standing up, like, looking at the crowd. And it's like the picture's taken from behind him. And you can see, you know, just the whole crowd. I think he put it on his Instagram. And it was, like, uh, just said all at once or something like that. Um, there was one that, like, Becky Lynch is just standing there. And it's like, you know, you can see the entire crowd standing behind her. 
those are those photo ops that sometimes, man, it, this felt so different than other rumbles. Um, then it, it felt bigger and I don't, you know, maybe other people didn't feel that and that's cool if you didn't, but I, maybe, maybe it's because I got a lot of the results I wanted to, you know, but that's right. the same with other people. They tend to fit, you know, I still think though that this was, I'm, I'm so glad they pulled, they, they pulled the trigger and gave, gave, uh, Rollins the, the rumble. Um, this man, uh, pours his heart soul everything into that into that ring you know and and, and he wasn't really the chosen one like they make, like they're making him out to be he had to bust his ass and mature is a person let's let's not you know like we all have to do i know that i always keep saying that but it's not it's not all rainbows and butterflies oh you got to go through you know the ups and downs of life man and uh so you know and again i think sometimes that that injury might have been the not nobody ever wants to get hurt but that could have been the best thing to happen to him because it really made him bust his ass even harder when he came back. And over the past year, it, it really has been Monday Night Rollins. I mean, consistently all over the place. And it's I'm, I'm really glad that, that you know they gave him the the title. Um, I really dug the fact that Ali uh, eliminated Samoa Joe too. Correct? Yes, that's correct. Yep. I uh, see. I thought that was a nice little back and forth, so they can continue that on. Um, and then, of course. Number thirty, I'll, I'll we'll let you start, Josh, because I, I mean I have my own opinions on it, and, but we'll let you lead this in. <laughs> I I I I thought it was interesting, you know, coming into the paper, a lot of people were like, "Oh, WWE has this big surprise that people are not going to mm-hmm. see it coming," and you know, the whole assumption was, "Oh, it's going to be Kenny Omega," like. You know, it, I felt kind of bad in the way where we were all scheming ways to get our truth out of the dirtiest spot. But you we were too. <laughs> we all were. <laughs> so bad. Truth deserves better, man. We were all scheming his way out of there. That's dirty. But, you know, he got he had a good end out of that weekend, though. Uh, Props Truth become the U.S. champion, so yeah, cool. Truth got something out of that weekend, so it was cool. That was cool. Oh, by the way, uh, shout out to uh, Jack Swagger winning his first MMA fight on Bellator, so. Yeah, that's shout also something cool, man. Uh, all right, so back to Night Jax. Um, you know, I, I had a, a not, not a gleeful, but I had a nice little, like, inner, like, chuckle inside me when she came out where I was like, this is cool. Yeah. But I had the I had the inner chuckle of like the sky is falling because it wasn't Kenny Omega where right, I right. knew where this was going in a lot of ways. Like inside of me from a trolling aspect, I was like, they did it again. <laughs> you know, when you're watching a WWE show, they want you to be pissed off and talk about it. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah you because don't, again you don't, you don't want you don't want every show to be like oh i'm happy i'm happy as glee you know like <laughs> that's not how wrestling works well but this was a this was a great moment though that it's subjective there there is no she wasn't a face or heel it wasn't anything it was about you were either gonna like what they did or not and i think that the big risk and and this is where i'm gonna break this down a little bit is the risk was going to be how are certain people gonna take Tanaya Jax getting hit with three different finishers from men. That right. I feel was more of the concern than actually having Naya in the in you know in the match itself. Now, I was actually astonished to hear that there was kickback that people were like pissed about it because to be honest, man, whenever like Truth came out, it was like okay, something's got to happen because they're like dragging it a little bit, and I couldn't tell at first like who. Then when, once I realized it was Naya, I went, oh shit. That was the first, like, that was literally my, like, you know, and, it, and once she started throwing him off, dude, I popped so hard. So, like, and, and listen, kudos to Truth for, put, you know, for, for taking the bumps, putting her over. Kudos to, for, to Truth for selling it. 
kudos for Naya too for taking it. And it makes sense, guys, because it's always this thing like I know women are these weak and feeble creatures, right? It's, oh, my God. First of all, first of all get over yourselves. That's, that's number fucking one. Number right. two, you know, for me, yes, I was absolutely fantasy booking Becky, you know, like a lot of people were. But this makes so much more sense because Naya, in a way, is a super heavyweight of her division, right? She's she eliminated again. I, it's the reason why I brought it up. She eliminated to a five live guy. She is kind of like the I don't want to say the Brock Lesnar, but she is the quote unquote irresistible force, right? She is the dominant, like she's the muscle of the of the women's division. Yeah, it makes sense for her to go in there. That's why when it was all said, then I was like, this is so. When she reversed the RKO, I, I popped again. I, yeah. I, I just the fact that there were all this was happening. And then when it was all said and done and she, she ate the three finishers and, you know, they, they eliminated her, I was like, okay, the, the, like that was cool. And, and here's where it breaks down where I, I wanted to bring in what my daughter's opinion about this. So we were talking after the rumble and I was like, you know, so what were your favorite moments? And that was actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was, and listen, she's an Oscar and Becky Lynch fan first, you know, before anybody else. And I think her favorite moment might've been the Nia spot. And, and she, she kept just saying to me, and I just want to just put this out there for to all the people, all the the whiny podcasters out there, or if you're on Twitter whining about it, listen, pull your fucking dick out from your stomach because tiny dick syndrome's a motherfucker. But my little yeah. nine year old daughter is sitting here going, the thing I loved about this the most is how many is it I feel like they broke down barriers. And I was like, Well what do you mean, sweetie? She was like, Well, she's like, they can finally have the women fight with the guys now. She was like, it's just TV. She was like, I want the women to fight with the guys. She was like, I want them. She was like, I don't want women to hit men or I don't want men to hit women, obviously. She's like, but it's a TV show. I want them to be able to, I want intergender matches. This is a nine-year-old talking, right? So now I start thinking, this is, I, I want to you know, pitch this to you. You know, there's somebody in NXT that runs with a really, really androgynous, androgynous uh, gimmick, you know? Um, wouldn't that be an interesting WrestleMania matchup? Nia Jackson and uh, uh, what's his name? I'm 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 ranting so much I'm forgetting the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, because he is absolutely <laughs> running that Prince androgynous angle. To me, match them two up, have them wrestle. He he is good enough to take care of her. She's good enough to take care of him. We can at we could get there with WWE. I'm not as worried now as I was before about them doing intergender matches or or anything like that. I think this was a litmus test to see how fans would react. The biggest key was, if you notice, the only complaint was a woman shouldn't be in a men's rumble. Okay, then take away all China's titles, take away all of her appearances, take away Beth Phoenix's, take away Connors. You can't. You can't. You can't. It's been done before. Don't act like it has it like this, the short term memory and like that like it's it's so bad just to prove your point and feel justified you know um, listen I I pay attention to to, to to what my child says because number one they're focusing more on the future and that's the future they don't give a shit about us old jaded fucks anymore they really don't nope. and when my daughter's excited because she's just excited that they are finally as much as we talked about it that was putting men and women on an equal playing field. As much as we talked about separate but equal and, and, the, and the things with, the, with this and that and the other thing, once women main event WrestleMania, we can finally say that, that that's you know everything. And I don't know if it's gonna be, it should be this year, but I, you know I don't I hope it's this year. But this is just another step of of listen, just get used to it. And most of the people that were running their mouth about Nia being in the Rumble, brother, 
Naya would beat the living hell out of them anyway. So it's not even, and you know, back to like Hurricane Helms, you know, put it best. Like how many times did Lita hit him with a hurricane rod? How many, you know, he dropped the hardcore title to Molly Holly at, at, at WrestleMania of all places, you know? People back then weren't crying, like, oh, this is ridiculous. People appreciated it. People appreciated the campiness Ooh. of it. You know, go ahead. Hey, was Jericho buried when Trish Stratus slapped him in the face at WrestleMania 20? Listen, Jericho lost to China. Yeah. The Intercontinental Championship. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so did Jeff Jarrett. Two, Hall, like Jericho, not yet, but Hall of Famers, legends. And all of you behind your keyboards with tiny dick syndrome are going to say that Nia doesn't belong. What Nia Jax just showed was not only does she belong, but we're going to have other females in the men's rumble in the future. And if you want to play the O, do you want to have a man in the women's rumble? Absolutely. Listen, if Velveteen's dreams gimmick is that like right now he's androgynous, you don't really know. Why not? How funny would it have been if R-Truth would have showed up in a number 30 spot in the women's rumble accidentally? Like he's in the total wrong rumble. He thinks that, you know, we would have got the biggest kick out of it. It's Tiny Dixon. That's why people couldn't appreciate the Nia Jax moment. It's not only Tiny Dick syndrome, but favoritism syndrome in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yes. I don't think anybody would have a gripe about this as if we talked about it last week. Becky Lynch coming in and eliminating Baron Corbin. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. I, I think that there are certain people that if they would have popped up in that rumble um, – the, the crowd, anybody online, you know, because even if we could just eliminate a heel and then like they, it's 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 people are picking and choosing their arguments. But, yeah, and what they don't Nia realize Jax heavily push. Oh, of course she's going to ruin our spot. Well, the the irony of it is is that when they go on Twitter to get on their soapboxes or or any social media site, but Twitter seems to be the most vile right now. Um, not in Facebook, yeah. but um, by the emotion and the raw like. Uh, reaction that, that they got out of you for hating it that much, that's still better than saying a man should never hit a woman, like, you know, in an athletic environment like that. You know what I mean? That's almost like saying the best WNBA player and, you know, the best NBA player, they should still be able to play one on one. I'm not saying who might win, who might lose, you know, but if one year it might, you never know what can happen. This is where we need to stop with, like, and I'm not saying that, like, all of a sudden, push women in the men's division, men in the women's division, all this kind of shit. I'm, I'm not saying that. That's obviously not what they were trying to do. But I think there was a lot of value in what they just did because in a lot of the side entertainment angles that they do, now they can incorporate women into men's matches, men into women's matches, even more than they already were doing. Right. And I, I do trust them to do it in the right way. It's done all over the indies. Nobody has a problem with it. As soon as it's done in WWE, people criticize them for it. That, that's another thing I don't understand, man. So you're right. It's it's people are absolutely picking and choosing their arguments based on the validation of their feelings. Hey, it's cherry picking season, folks. Absolutely, it always uh, is. Let me say this real always. quick because uh, we got our top five segment. We got to do in a couple seconds here um, to wrap up this high topic. I think the biggest thing that people are missing out on overlooking in this is that it followed through and how Nia Jax lost the women's Royal Rumble match. Think about it. Becky Lynch absolutely laid out Lana to get in before Nia even entered the match, and Becky was the reason why Nia Jax lost the Royal Rumble match. And you know what, Josh? That's exactly why you know when when we were talking about which match should go first or whatever, it made so much more sense that they had those matches so quick so that they could save that Nia spot for the you know the very end of the night. And you're absolutely right. 
that's the that's the story that they were telling. You know, um, kudos for kudos to WWE in my opinion for going through with it. Um, kudos to the fans that responded the right way to it. You know, um, if you're that insecure that you know, well, what do you, what do you, do you not watch Wonder Woman then? You just don't go Wonder Woman movies. Fuck it. She ain't an awesome superhero, so ain't no way a woman could ever beat a man. So I'm just not gonna go to see. I'm not going to see that Wonder Woman movie because God damn it, it's, this is just unbelievable. But right. but Superman fucking is. Give me a break. Like stop, 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 stop using wrestling as the scapegoat all the fucking time. Thank you, man. Um. All right, folks, before we head out for this week's podcast and you get into your big uh, Super Bowl weekend, um, we got our top five segment. We do this seasonally. So after every big four or five pay-per-view, we come and talk about our thoughts on the top five things that stood out from us from matches, performers, shows, angles, the top five things that stood out to us as we wrapped up 2018, as we are coming out the heels of the Royal Rumble. So uh, we do this, uh, like I said, after every big four show. So we'll be doing this after WrestleMania this year. And uh, we're, we're open to hearing your guys' suggestions as well. Like, what has stood out to you during the fall of 2018 and where we are coming off the Royal Rumble? What has stood out to you? over the last couple, four or five months in professional wrestling. It doesn't have to be from one company. It doesn't have to be a match. It could be to whatever the top five things that stood out to you for professional wrestling over the last three to four months. So, brother, I'll let you start off, actually. All right, so I'm going to start with number six. Um, I know it's a top five, but I got six. So I'll get six and five out of the way real quick. Any of you at home that say that I can't do that, bullshit. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the co-host on here. I can do whatever the hell I want. So my number six right. is going to be Seth Rollins. Listen, I, you know, he turned up the heat since, you know, so we're talking Survivor Series until Royal Rumble now. Um, listen, there was nobody more on the present than, than Seth Rollins when it comes to the right. Him and, and Dean Ambrose, I thought, I, I could easily put Dean Ambrose in here as well. Um, you know, but Rollins, when you, you just look at the year that he's had, and then with the Royal Rumble win, that's actually why I'm putting Rollins in as my number six, maybe slightly over Ambrose. Even though I feel like Ambrose's character has been amazing over the past, um, you know, over the past uh, couple months here. And my number five is going to be the Reverend Corey Graves, just because I always got to get Corey Graves in here. That's why my list is six, because um, so much good has been going on. But God damn it, Corey Graves is always so goddamn good that he's always going to be in my top five. But um, so that's not coming at number five this week. All right, my number five is going to be Baron Corbin. Um, Baron Corbin, I think, has been doing some really good, consistent heel work that goes over people's heads each week. And the fact that he's consistently and naturally hated the way he is, mm-hmm. it's something that, as a longtime wrestling fan, that I'm not going to scoff at. I don't care how you think he's uninteresting or he doesn't do interesting moves a Finn Balor match or whatever. He's doing his job effectively each week and it continues to piss you off. So Baron Corbin will be number five on my list. Let me add on to that. And this is how I know that, and I've, I've been giving Corbin praise now for, for a year. Like, you know, it's, you guys still listen to this know that, but here's how I know Corbin is, whether or not you guys want to give him credit or not. Here's how I know that he's, he's better off now than where he was as the lone wolf. My wife will never admit to be wrong about anything. I'm not saying that I'm, listen, I'm very stubborn too, but let's just, you know, put that out there. The other night, she actually was like, you know what, Corbin's actually, like, not that he, she's, like, growing on her, or like, she'll never, you know, she was like, I like this, the whole, like, you know, what he, the character he is now. She's like, her words were, well, I can at least, I can tolerate him now. I was like, no, you just like the, like, the antagonist of, like, sarcastic. She was like, it's a lot better than what he was doing before. 
Thank you. There you go. There you go. Um, cause it's well, rare that she changes an opinion with wrestling. So, um, <laughs> um, all right. My number four is going to be the new Daniel Bryan. He's all, all done at number four on my list. Now I absolutely have to tie in the fact that his character work has been great. His ring work has been great. Uh, starting a faction or at least it look, right now it's a two man team, but it looks like we might be breeding into a faction potentially going here. Um, I like, I love, I love the new title. I'm not going to lie. I love it. I love how over, like as soon as Rowan came out with that bag, we, we were talking about it earlier tonight. He's probably debuting a championship. Everything. I mean, even with the cowhide and everything, so I'm glad he went into, into that whole tirade or whatever. But, um, I just think that the, the big thing for me with Daniel Bryan right now that stands out from a lot of other people is the work that he, the promos and work that he's putting in, not on SmackDown is really what's really cementing his work as, to me, the, the, the top heel in the company. Um, and I say that because, you know, these little YouTube promos he's cutting or these little WWE exclusives or these little, they're just as good as promos that are being on Raw, that are being, you know, uh, shown on Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, NXT, 205 Live, you know, whatever. And, and right. you, you rarely see that anymore, you know. But I think that he's taking a page out of how it's obviously it was working for Jericho in New Japan. It was it's you know it it, it works for being the elite. It, it works right now. It's 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 visceral. It's in the moment, you know. And and I'm sure WWE is obviously you know they know what he's doing. It's not there. There's there's some production, you know, obviously some production involved. But I think that that's been um, really. For me, at least, it's been such an enjoyable part about about the new Daniel Bryan. Um, so that's why he's in my number four spot. My number four is going to be Wrestle Kingdom 13. Ooh. Um, the pay-per-view, I, I thought it was really good. It had some really um, stellar matches. And um, it, having Jericho and Naito was a really big moment. And it was a really big show because it was a lot of the final farewell for a lot of the Bullet Club Elite guys. So um, number four would be Wrestle Kingdom 13 for me. I got to see a couple of the matches uh, from it on Axis. Um, I dug it. Yeah, I really dug the Omega match. It was awesome. Um, all right, so I'm going to go my number three, AEW. Um, okay. Listen, love them, hate them, whatever you guys think about them right now, they're very polarizing, and that's what sells. Listen, it, it would be I'd be a hypocrite if I was sitting here saying that the great part about Roman Reigns is how you either love him or hate him. There's no way it's, it's, it's an emotion. There's no, nobody sitting on their hands. You're either cheering or booing. And right now with all elite wrestling, I'm kind of getting that vibe that it's either people are completely all in. Excuse the pun. pun. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, excuse the pun. Um, or they're, they're, you know, seemingly it's, it's kind of like, Oh no, don't go there. You know, you're, they're, they're taking our stars kind of deal. To me, that's exciting because it's it's showing that wrestling is in such a good place right now that there is potential to have that second North American major company. Like, and and that's no disrespect to Ring of Honor. I absolutely Ring of Honor is a fantastic promotion. It's not it's not like an independent promotion like people make it. You know, like people label it. It's like it's it's a fantastic, fantastic wrestling company. It's still not you know that. There's just something that feels like this could be big, and, and and the way that they teased it, I think they haven't been giving us too much at once. There, it's a slow burn. You know, I keep talking about how I think a slow burn is better than kind of blowing your waddle at one time. Um, you know, don't be too pump chumps. That's all. So 
I, I, I truly, really, really am enjoying what they're doing with AEW. And that's probably because I'm not on social media. So I don't see like the back and forth that, you know, I'm just kind of taking the ride like, like a fan should. And, and I'm really enjoying it. So right now I'm putting AEW and that's everybody, you know, that's all, everyone's involved with the elite, everyone that was involved with like New Japan, then afterwards with the signings and everything. I just think they're, they're, they're doing all the right things right now and it's creating a lot of excitement. So, um, AEW number three. My number three is going to be the in-ring quality and content from SmackDown Live over the last couple of months uh, from Andrade Cien Almas and Rey Mysterio matches, uh, Mustafa Ali being on the show over the last couple of months as well, uh, AJ Styles, the mortgage man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Carmella, Charlotte, Asuka, Becky, the SmackDown Women's Division as a whole. Um, I just think they've been putting out some really good, consistent in-ring content each week for being a two-hour show. So, and even the tag division, uh, I, I really enjoyed the Four Corners uh, tag team match they had on SmackDown the other day. I thought that was really good as well. So, uh, SmackDown's in-ring quality and content over the last couple months is my number three. I feel that was the rub in the face of the person that fast forwards their matches uh, during the week so we can save them for pay-per-views. But you know, I'm, t- I'm totally teasing them because right? <laughs> that is my that is my thing. I, there's a lot of matches I skip through just, you know. So, and, and maybe that's it too, man. Maybe it's because pay-per-views might not bother me as much like how people are so overly critical because I do save a lot of the matches for the pay-per-view because I don't want to see the same moves over week after week, which is going to be something interesting with, with all elite wrestling is that I don't – I don't think there's going to be as much repetition. That, that's something that it's always been in the part of the WWE formula. It's never going to go away. Yeah. It's just that, you know, our favorite moves, our favorite this, our favorite spots, they start, we, we are, we're fickle because we start to see them all the time because of the, you know, how many shows there are a week. And I think that's why I skip the matches on Raw and SmackDown and just save the matches for, for the pay-per-views. Almost like it was, you know, back in the, back in the 80s when I was, you know, a little kid. But my number two, I can't wait to see the expression on your face with this one. Okay. Number two, Becky Lynch. All right. I know, guys. I know. Crazy, right? Just wait for my number one. That's all. But number two, listen, right now, um, you'll see why she's number two. But Becky Lynch right now to me is the best thing going in wrestling. Why isn't she my number one? Well, then I guess you're going to have to keep listening. But um, I don't. there's not a negative thing I can say about Becky right now. She's owning the social media game. She's owning uh, the ring work. She's owning mic work. She's owning her character. She is she's encompassed what the man is. She is the man. Um, I, I don't really have... I don't know if I even have to plead a case here. I think everyone's kind of in agreement here with this. So I, other than why is she at number two, but that's what you'll find out soon. Right. <laughs> Uh, my number two is Ronda Rousey, actually. Um, I think for her to do every single Raw and pay-per-views and house shows over the last couple months of her being the Raw Women's Champion is something that I'm not going to scoff at. I think she does care about what she's doing in the Absolutely. ring. Absolutely. Um, she's been putting out some bangers as far as pay-per-view matches are concerned. Uh, I really liked the match she had with Sasha the other day at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. Ronda Rousey is number two, and I'm also adding her to the list because uh, she's a hot-button topic right now. And the fact that people are talking about her, she's doing her job. So I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey, number two. Yep. So it seems like it should be a sure thing that Becky Lynch would be my number one, but I had her at number two. So she can't be my number one. So what would my number one be, right? And I've already gone through Becky Lynch, All Elite Wrestling, the new Daniel Bryan, 
Reverend Corey Graves, because he's fantastic and he should be on every list ever. Um, yeah, Seth Rollins, you know, I talked about how Ambrose would probably be an alternate if, you know, you tie him in there. Um, I could keep naming names on, on people that are having fantastic things, but since Survivor Series until now, at the end of the Royal Rumble, do you know who I think has had the absolute best couple months? Who? Wrestling fans. Us. Seriously. Like what I said at the beginning of the show, I'm, I'm actually not, whether you realize it or not, if you're on Twitter banging out them them keystrokes, man, just thumbs a going. You, they're they're doing their job. Even if you're even if you're oh I hate it so much I can't wait for AEW. You just build up AEW. Oh, who cares? Where it's 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 WWE forever. You just build up WWE. Remember, guys. Anytime right now, I I, I everybody's opinion about any company aside, the fact the the fact, and I'm sorry I'm having so many problems today, guys. The fact that there's so many budding um, scenarios and possibilities is a very refreshing thing for us as fans. And that's why I keep saying, you know, I don't want any of – I don't want I, – I definitely don't want any of these companies to fail and especially All Elite Wrestling. I want them to succeed so that it – so that not only does it challenge WWE, but they put – you know, then it's going it's to step their game up. It's going to step – you know, right now, guys, the best thing in wrestling is wrestling fans as much as – there's some of you want to complain. A lot of us realize wrestling is in a fantastic place. We are, you know, does it have its faults? Absolutely. Everything we watch, everything we listen to, everything, it's, it's, that's a part of life. There's no such thing as perfection. There was never a perfect wrestling show. Get over yourselves. Right now, I feel like with all of WWE's developmental systems, now within the UK, down at NXT, um, down in Florida, you know, um, um, you still have New Japan Pro, Ring of Honor, um, still thriving with, with, you know, they got Villain Enterprises kind of turned up a notch a little bit there, so they're still going to keep getting eyes on them. New Japan kind of like put, it, put emphasis back on the Japanese wrestlers, that, that, which isn't a bad thing either. Plus, I like what Switchblade is starting to do over there. You know, you got everybody signing with All Elite. You got all this stuff going on in WWE. Who's staying? Who's going? Look at what just happened at the Rumble. You got like, a couple exciting WrestleMania match. Guys, it's a good. It's like when I say it's this is we, we we've said for a couple years now. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I can't. The reason why I want to put wrestling fans number one right right now is because they just announced All Elite Wrestling. It's still it's still fresh. It was in between, and and I just really feel like. There is a lot of ex- now. Do I think that certain people were taking that excitement to stupid lengths? Absolutely, but there's no denying that as wrestling fans right now, no matter whose camp you're in, there's an exciting buzz around pretty much everything that's out there. And when it, when the industry is like that, when the business is like that, the, the performers I keep saying it, but the performers win, these companies win, and most importantly, us as fans win. So my number one for from Survivor Series until now is wrestling fans. We're number one, baby, because we're there, we're there's a lot to be happy about. Like when you cut the negativity out, you can see a lot of people on on Twitter that are praising. And again, I don't care who you praise. Praise. There's a lot out there right now that's being praised, and it's it, it couldn't be better. Right. Um. Going to my number one, I'm going to relate this to um, Sam kind of um, changing her tune on the Barry Corbin character. My number one is the new Daniel Bryan because for me, and you know this, brother, I was becoming really, really indifferent on Daniel Bryan as a I whole. I was worried. You are. And, was... and even, to, even to the point where I was like, go ahead, leave the WWE at this point. Like, I, I was done with the Daniel Bryan character and the Yes movement, mm-hmm. but the new Daniel Bryan is my new favorite team in uh, in professional wrestling right now. And just the way his character is 
his society as a whole right now and how he's doing it in the heel faction. I can't stop laughing when he cut these promos. Um, I know he believes in this stuff, which is even better, and it adds more to the character. Uh, the like I, I was telling Adam before we recorded the show, I felt like the hemp title reveal is like my favorite promo of the year so far. So the so new good. Daniel Bryan is my number one thing that happened in professional wrestling in the last three to four months. And I just want to put something to add on, to piggyback onto that. How many people could get a crowd, a wrestling crowd, a diehard wrestling crowd that came from all over the world to see the Rumble in a baseball stadium, I'd like to point out, get a get that SmackDown crowd to chant, recycle, recycle, <laughs> recycle. Like, really? Really? <laughs> it's amazing, man. It's it's uh, And the fact that like people were popping over him, throwing a title away, it's just... I think he's – dude, I am I love the fact – and I'm glad to see, dude. This is I, – I never – and this is kind of the AJ Styles scenario right now, right? I never had doubts about Daniel Bryan. I was always a Daniel Bryan fan, but it was – the fans, like like you said, in a way the fans kind of were starting to ruin Daniel Bryan because it was that – just like they say WWE forces Roman Reigns down our throat. It, the fans were forcing Daniel Bryan down our throat, you know? So – and it wasn't anything Bryan was doing. It's just that we had three years of the same Daniel Bryan – because of the injuries and then having to go to the, like uh, talking smack or the general manager thing, you know, just all that stuff. Where like I brought up a couple, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, where you know you're looking at the same time frame. Seth Rollins had like three, four, five different monikers, you know. So to see them finally put breathe new life into Daniel Bryan, you you have to do that sometimes with new. And I and I love that they're just making sure it's it's so cheesily blatant. It's just the new Daniel Bryan. That's so great. <laughs> and it, it irritates the hell out of Sam, which makes it even better. Like not, just because it shows that it's also working on that side of things too. You know, um, right. yeah, man, I I love it, man. I I and I think that only certain people. For all of us that said that Daniel Bryan wasn't a good, you know, wasn't as good of a mic worker as, as other people, boy, were we wrong. That's the right. one thing that I'll admit that I I my only ever criticism of Daniel Bryan was that I thought maybe, but that's that that's the case I think with a lot of people when they have to cut the baby face promo. And the top guy to top baby face promo too. Sometimes it's just you don't want to be out there all bubbly. Maybe you had a shitty day and going out yeah. there and just unloading on people just like all of you do on Twitter is just such a probably such a release. You know, um, it was the my five minutes of fame with a mic in my hand. Trust it was fantastic. The, like the three lines that I got to shoot out at people. So, um, it, it, you know, I'm sure there is a rush to it, but, um, yeah, man, it's, I, I think you're, you're dead on with, with Brian and everything you said about Daniel Bryan too. We had some good lists this time. Yeah. We had some interesting yeah. lists. What do you think about wrestling fans right now, man? Do you think that that's why I want to put them at number one, but let me get your opinion on that one. Like, you know, do you, you know, all, all your feelings about the, the, the over, I guess overindulgence into AEW already by, by certain fans. Um, I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts though right now about how, as a wrestling fan, are, are we sitting pretty, or is it, or am I just looking through rose-colored glasses? No, I think we're seeing pretty. I I I mentioned this the other day on Twitter. Like, um, feel like if you're a kid and you had this amount of wrestling accessible to you, and it's actually good quality wrestling as opposed to like the 80s where you had like the end of the AWA and the NWA is starting to come down a little bit and started losing interest and it was all WWF during that time period to even like now where you have all these wrestling companies thriving and putting on like I said good every content and again uh, for those who don't know I'm more into the wrestling of 
the, what's going on in the ring than the storylines at times. That, that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate characters and so and hell, the new Daniel Bryan is my number one because of the character right now, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I, I have I have my ways to balance out that topic, and I I think we're having a lot of good top uh, content, but I think a lot of us are taking it for granted too at the same time. And you know what, man? I look at it this way. And again, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep using her as an example because this is what this is ultimately what business is about. So, you know, my daughter actually said to me this week that she wants to start watching NXT more. And I was like, you know, absolutely. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you have that time. Like, I, I just don't have the time. But like, was well, you're a kid. Hell yeah. Watch as much wrestling as you want. She legit has a show every night of the week. She's got Raw. She's got SmackDown. She wants to watch NXT. She wants to watch NXT UK. She wants to watch Keep Up With WoW, the women are wrestling on, on Axis, you know. Then add in any pay-per-views or takeovers or, or, or um, what the hell is going on with the global global warming or, or, or WWE climate change global fucking takeover. But that worlds collide. Fun. Worlds yeah. collide, whatever. Yeah, when fucking <laughs> worlds collide. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's it's <laughs> fucking – that's what I mean. There's stuff coming up that I, I, like, I can't keep up with it. That yeah. means wrestling's in a good place. That that's you know it's ultimately now. Am I saying that all of this is always called no? But what I'm saying is that you know I have a nine year old daughter that is keep keep that in mind. If you, if I would have said this in 1989, let's go 30 years back, even 20 years back to, to 1999. If I, if if anybody out there would have said, yeah, I have a nine year old, I have a nine year old daughter, and she watches five different wrestling shows a week, it would have been un, we would unheard of. Early 2000s unheard of. Mid 2000s, late 2010, you know, unheard of, dude. So the fact that there was enough, and I get that. Listen, while women's wrestling is absolutely that, it's niche. It's 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 not going to be for everybody, but it's out there, right? And it's backed by Jeannie Buss, the the Lakers owner. So I mean, they're going to have money, you know. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to make this out to be bigger than it is, guys. But what I'm saying is, it's just another form of wrestling. Like I can't get Shimmer on a, on a weekly basis. I can't get you know. So this is my daughter's way of getting her women's all women's program, you know. Um, dude, it's I, that's what kills me about. Uh, Right now, about the the fickleness of the wrestling fan, they, they don't realize that their their angst is only breeding success. Right. I got a question for you before we head out of here. Who you got on Sunday? I got the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah I got to go with the Pats, man, dude. I can never, especially is New England. They're not favored. They're underdogs. Yeah, no, they're Pats. favored uh, by two and a half. Oh, it's Patriots minus two and a half. Yeah. Oh, so they're the favorites now. Okay, because I was going to say if you put the Patriots as underdogs, it's if you're insane. But um, but they started as underdogs. So if things have moved already that much, that tells me that either the public people, changed it a lot. I was going to say that either bets were going all on one one pony, or you know they, they had to get some some things mixed up there. Um, listen, not for nothing, but I, the league wants the Los Angeles Rams to win this. So I understand that the Rams are going to get a hell of a lot of calls on on. Sunday. I know everybody out there thinks that, oh, it's about Tom Brady. They get all these calls. I promise you there's going to be several calls against the Rams, you know, that either no calls or calls that go in the Rams' favor. Now, that being said, though, I still feel like because nobody is taking the, when you don't take the Patriots serious, like last year, it was like, oh, Patriots definitely got this, whatever. It's whatever. They get snuck all the time, right? But it's when yeah. people overlook the Patriots that they go in and they win a Super Bowl. So, um, I know people in Pittsburgh don't like this because one man and one player, one quarterback is about to tie the entire Steelers organization. But <laughs> Tom Brady, um, if, if I'm going coach and quarterback, I'm going with experience. I'm going Brady and Belichick over Goff and 
McVeigh. So I know Steelers fans are going to be upset about that, but I got some good news for Saints fans. I think the Patriots are going to blow out the Rams on Sunday. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Here's my here's another prediction. This isn't a prediction. It's a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know what the record is, so I'm just I'm, I'm kind of being a little facetious here. But I'm going to say since everybody has to have their have their hot take, hot this, take. This is going to be the highest scoring Super Bowl in history. Okay. This sets up the future of the NFL. I don't know if you've been catching on to this, guys, but the reason why there's rule changes and scores are higher and there's a million quarterbacks that can throw for 40 touchdowns a year now is that there's more money in fantasy football than there is in straight-up gambling anymore, man. They're going to appease the fantasy football fan always before they – you know, they got to line – the NFL is still a business. That's why – all these rules are made so the teams are scoring more points, so the quarterbacks can put more points on the board, receivers, running backs. It's it's because people play fantasy football to stay interested in the NFL. Otherwise, I'd watch my Raiders and not watch any other game every week. We talked about that before the show. So my prediction is going to be that this is going to be, if it's not the highest, it's going to be one of the highest you know scoring Super Bowls ever. And it's and they're going to make sure that it happens that way because that's what sells. It's not strong defenses anymore. People don't want that, especially when you're playing fantasy football. And I know fantasy football seasons are over, but this is the one game where you loop the casual fan back in, right? You tell them this is what we're about going forward, right? And I think the NFL is leaning more towards being an offensive league than a defensive league. The the rules dictate it. It's just, you know, it just is what it is, man. You got to change with the time. So that's my prediction. I still think, I think it's going to be close, but I'll I'll go like, I don't know, man. I'll go like 40, I'm going to say 41-38, 41-38 New England. So I don't know where that puts it scoring wise, but that's there. That's my score. I got thirty-one to seventeen Patriots over the Rams uh, coming up on Sunday. Um, you know, we we hit a lot today uh, from uh, lower thirds of whether or not Tom Brady is a cheater or not uh, to Tiny Dick um, Syndrome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an epidemic, man. It's bad. <laughs> you know, you it's said bad. that um, Super Bowl Sunday will have the highest score ever. I we're I'm going to keep on hoping that this is the largest listened to edition of the Hoots podcast. We had a lot of fun today. It was, it was a lot of fun. We had, we had a lot of ground today, a lot of interesting topics. We hope that you enjoyed um, our show today. Uh, you can do that by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. The podcast is available on 10 different platforms now. Wow. insane. Are we, on, are we on Clomper? I need us to be on Clomper. I got to look into that. I got to be on Clomper <laughs> with Tur Journey. Tur Journey, man. It's not it's, it's not what you think. I mean, it is, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com if you want to check out my wrestling uh, uh, play-by-play articles. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Hoots Podcast and at AdamDay13 on Instagram. Um, make sure to leave us an honest, rebate, uh, honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Help expand the race of this show. We're up for nomination for the 2019 Wrestling Radio Awards. So um, uh, we got a lot of cool things coming up. Uh, it's WrestleMania season. We're on the road, brother. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan, like we mentioned in this top five list. It was a really fun show today. So we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we had recording the show today. So for the Clown Prince, I am Joshua Lopez. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 141 of the Hoots Podcast. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Don't be stupid, and we'll talk to you guys next week.